You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, that is us. Good evening, everybody. Willard in for Plank, who I gave the night off to. I'm Marty Spanier, right here on Fox Sports Radio. A busy, busy Sunday night. How you doing tonight, Willard? I mean, did Plank already call you and try to beg back in? You, you, you gave him the night off, but then not only bracketology, Tom Brady is back. Baseball moves are flying hot and heavy. Big night in the NBA. Uh, let's just say um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad yeah. to be here. I, I got to tell you, I do like to rub it in people's faces every once in a while. So I figure I would text Plank today um, once I found out Oklahoma didn't make the, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament and that Tom Brady was coming out of retirement. I wrote, oh, bad night, a bad day to take uh, the, the, the night <laughs> off. And he, and he tweets back and he sends me a picture of the beach that he's laying on in Hawaii, getting ready to fly back to Oklahoma. And he goes, uh, I'll be okay. Don't feel bad for me. I'm, I'm okay with this view out there. You know? Arnie, it's 2022. He screenshotted something off of Google <laughs> Images. He's not there. He's sitting in a porta potty somewhere on his way back or at some airport. Forget about it. He's upset. Either way, if he's happy, yeah. good. He's yes. happy. I'm happy. We're happy. Um, let, let's let's roll. Let's yeah, roll. Okay, and well, I mean, first of all, it, you. I was going to say, you need to use Twitter tonight like we're giving away free gold bars right now. So if you want to get in, you should use it early. You should use it often. Willard makes you work to go ahead and tweet him. Mark underscore T underscore Willard. <laughs> I'm at stinking genius one. You better get in early. Willard, we have no idea. Just to back up a little bit, what we were talking about yesterday when we were filling in for Joy Taylor. We had no idea how close we really were to talking about Tom Brady coming back. Matter of fact, I remember saying to you, I guarantee you Brady's going to be back on the opening day roster, but I thought it was going to be with San Francisco. So I was half right. And, but next thing you know, the next day, boom. Look, I, I know I thought he was going to come back, but I didn't think it was going to be announced the next day, Mark. No, I didn't think it'd be the next day, and I didn't think it'd be Tampa because, as I still read this, this whole thing was a standoff between him and the Bucks. And one thing that I didn't necessarily think possible but has happened is essentially the two sides made up. Um, and, and, and I do really read it this way. We'll never, like with always with Tom Brady and the Patriots before the Bucks, you're never going to get the full story as to what went on behind closed doors. Uh, but I read this as Tom and the Bucks, or Tom and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich in game planning last year were not getting along. This became a standoff. Tom said, I'm out. I'm not playing for you with the Bucks anymore. This was his leverage, which was to act like he was retiring, which I don't think any of us ever really bought. And then the Bucks, somewhere along the line, as they went through what other teams might be able to get in on a trade, Tom, where would you want to play? They, they in the end, were able to mend fences and, and probably gives Tom some of the things he wanted, which was probably more of a say in game planning. And I also don't know where the landing spot was. I know everyone has said 49ers. I told you yesterday that, that that's, that's not as easy as it sounds. They've got a huge investment in Trey Lance, and he needs to play. Um, even, even Tom Brady, I think, would give them pause on that. So um, that's sort of the way that I read it. But come on, Arnie, go back 
to when he retired. There's no way that that was a, Arnie, you deserve bigger fanfare (laughs) when you retire than Tom got. I mean, there was no press conference. There was no mention of the Patriots. You thought Tom was going to go on Instagram and just sort of quickly wave and leave. It was never a retirement. Never. You threw me for a little bit of a loop because I I didn't see it that way. I I didn't think about there was a rift going on between. uh, Now, we heard about the rumors of him and Arians not getting along, and that was the reason why I thought he wanted to go to San Francisco or some other place. But I never once thought that that's the reason why he retired. I I never felt like Arians or Tampa pushed him in the retirement. As I was pointing out the show, you know I love to plan it out like two days ahead of time. So I'm I'm writing some topics out, and and I'm thinking, you know, we were going to talk about Tom Brady even before he announced he was unretired because he was at the Manchester U game, right? And, you know, the rumors were swirling. He's asking for permission to be traded or he's talking to the owners who happen to be the owners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yep. then you saw Ronaldo talking to him and you really couldn't hear much about what they were saying. Except Ronaldo, something like, uh, so you're retired. And then you saw Tom Brady's face like, right. you know, like, <laughs> like that. Um, you knew right there and then something was going on even before he announced that he was unretiring, Mark. Okay, but think about this for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, do you think that this is a person who's used to being in front of a camera? Do you think that this is a person that's used to attention? Do you think that this is a person who is aware of his social media pre- uh, presence? Of course. Uh, look yeah. at that camera angle on Ronaldo and Tom. Do right. you think that camera was hiding? It was five <laughs> feet from his face. You're right. About, was, I didn't think about he, that. You're right. He's well aware that he's on camera. He's well aware of his reaction to this whole thing. So to me, like from the beginning, it's orchestrated, Arnie. And, and, and yes. Then why did probably, this happen? Was this, was this because of Adam Schefter releasing it, so he just said, the hell with it, I'm going to retire? Was this because of his wife? The family, why? No, because he he was mad at this. Again, this is just me reading it. Right, right. He's mad at Bruce Arians. He did not like the way things were going. They were at a standstill. And Tom's leverage at age 40, wherever he's at, 44, 45 years old, whatever he's at, at his leverage and the contractual situation there, the only leverage play was... Either you guys change the way we get ready for games each week or I'm out. And so he retired enough to where they paid some attention to the situation and then probably mended fences or gave Tom a few things that he wanted. And so now he's back playing or he also poked around. I'm sure Tom only wanted a few other places. You've got to be Super Bowl ready. And he poked around and maybe there was a fit and maybe there wasn't. And so he ends up back here. One thing I feel very, very confident in, Arnie, is yeah. that this was never it was never, not for a day, was this an actual retirement. Really? So you don't think it was family-related? You don't think that he had to, nope. he went into retirement because they, they leaked it through Adam Schefter or whoever, and he just said, you know what, the heck with it. He's right. I, I was well, going to give this a long thought. Maybe I, I am going to retire. He retires and then had to change of mind? You don't, you don't think it was something like that or what? I think he needed to make the Bucks believe that he was retiring. <laughs> he had to make him. Be- but even think about it. As aware as Tom right. is with his brand and his social media, the moment that this came out from Adam Schefter, and who was it? Was it Jeff Goodman? Goodman and, and Schefter send out the tweets, and immediately Tom's whole camp is like, we're not retiring. Right. No, well, his dad not. said that. Yeah, his dad said Right. That. He said, yeah. we're not retiring. And then two days later, Tom's like, okay, fine. Or a day later, whatever it is. Yes, 
I'm retiring. There's no way Tom's actual retirement's going to leak out that way. There's no way. He's got it under too much lock and key. This is someone who's been doing it the Patriot way for two decades. They, they don't let things leak. I mean, the whole thing was just so sloppy from the beginning that it, it, it reeked of, of not being real. And it wasn't. You, when it came out, then you weren't surprised? or it, See, I was surprised by the timing. I, I didn't expect yep, it to come down today, though well, if you think about it, with the free agent period coming up, the illegal tampering period, and the signings coming up in the NFL, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, and look, yeah, look around at the lay of the quarterback land. Let's say Tom was poking around with the 49ers, okay? The Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson news has dropped. Then you get Deshaun Watson cleared of all charges. He's now back in play for sure for a lot of teams. Jimmy Garoppolo still sitting there, and then whatever the 49ers' opinion is behind the scenes as to whether they were interested or not, that stuff all had to get worked out. And then once it's all far enough down the road, like they probably know in NFL circles who's probably going to get Deshaun, maybe who's probably going to get Garoppolo, maybe that's Indy. You figure out who's going where, and Tom makes his decision. But, I mean, even the day that that uh, broke, if you remember, the original retirement thing from Adam Schefter came out the day before Championship Sunday. No way! No way. Tom Brady has that come out the day before championship Sunday. The whole thing just, it was, it it never looked and felt like the way it actually will when he's ready to retire. And in case people wondering what he actually had to say on Twitter, it says these past two months, I've realized my place is still in the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates. I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season. Season in Tampa, unfinished business, LFG. By the way, am I old if I didn't know what LFG was right off the bat? Yes, I, I went, okay. yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> I thought he meant yeah. like that's to the gay and lesbian community or something like that. I'm like, why is he talking to them? Why not to everybody out there? So I had no idea. Yeah, no. And, 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 and Tom does not mean leave for good when he says LFG. <laughs> and yes, you're very old if you uh, if you don't know what LFG stands for. Yes. Yeah, so he, he wants to go ahead and make sure that his uh, uh, free agents for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go ahead and stay around. Um, what kind of year do you think he's going to have? Did he really have that great of a year that he could have been MVP? Uh, I mean, my goodness, they talk about how he's left so much on the table. He's 45 years old, and i got to tell you, Mark, part of me thinks that this guy is being selfish. He, he could walk away from the game while he could still walk away. While he doesn't have any knockwood, any major injuries, he's 45 years old. What left does he have to accomplish? Nothing. He's already going to leave as the greatest of all time. I'm not sure why he really is coming back other than he just misses the game of football and he misses the camaraderie and, and, and the whole you know spirit of working out and, and just the competitiveness. But my goodness, man, you're being a little selfish when you're continuing playing a game that you don't have to play because of money. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes threw for 4,800 yards this year. So did Matthew Stafford and won a Super Bowl. Justin Herbert was everybody's favorite young guy. He threw for just over 5,000 yards. You know the only guy who threw for more than those three guys? Tom Brady. 
Tom Brady. I mean, like, you know, why? why and you didn't want him on away? San Francisco, though, well, did you? Well, I just think it's circumstantial. I didn't. I didn't. It's not that I don't want Tom Brady. I think who wouldn't want Tom Brady? But circumstances, you don't spend the draft capital the 49ers spend to bring in a guy at that level and then have him sit for two seasons. Who does that? And then you're going to make a decision on extending him after his third season, which would actually only be his first. Right. I just think that that's, I, I think that's really not as clean as people think that it would be so I've even heard rumors that Brady's family is still mad at the 49ers because they passed on him two years ago so I don't even know if that was uh, an option but but you think I was about to ask you you think that was an option you think going back to San Francisco was or what I I I mean I honestly I doubt it I I really do Mm. because as I told you yesterday right you sign Tom the fan base does a, a victory lap around around the school and then they get back and go hey what are you actually saying about Trey Lance. You're saying he's not good. He's not ready. You blew it. You gave three first-round draft picks for a guy who's not going to be ready for two seasons. So there would be rough PR there, too. But, Arnie, what are you saying that he's he's being selfish? Why why does he have, he's still playing at an incredibly high level? Obviously, these guys have a screw loose when they've accomplished this right. much and they keep going out there. But, you know, that's who they are. The Tiger Woods, the Tom Brady's of the world. They're ultra competitive. They can't turn it off. Why has he got to go? He's still well, producing. Uh, but one, because he can still walk away from the game while he doesn't walk away with a bad limp or some serious injuries. We've seen what football has done to players 5, 10, 20 years down the line after this. Sure, he looks great right now, but he doesn't have to continue playing. He's got a brand to, to, to deal with. He's got a family. He's got kids that he's missed out on. He's got his wife. I don't know, 45 years old? Let me ask you a question. Had he won the Super Bowl, would he be coming back this year? Uh, I mean, who who knows? I mean, well, he won the if, Super Bowl if, two years ago. Yeah, like if, if winning if winning a Super Bowl is like, well, okay, now I've proven everything. Well, I mean, come on, the guys won. I don't even know how many he's won. What is it, seven, eight? Like <laughs> it's 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 absurd. So of course uh, he's the the unquestioned great, uh, g- you know, goat. He's already proven that he can do it without Belichick. There's nothing left to prove. That right. can't be what this is about. I no, guess no. the guy just loves doing it. No. And if that's the case, knock yourself out, dude. Keep doing it. Do you know what the odds of uh, what him signing back with Tampa has done to the odds? I'm going to tell you about that coming up next because our buddy Todd Furman will join us from Vegas. I'll tell you what's going on out there. And it's absolutely crazy, especially with March Madness. By the way, hiring heating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in one place sponsor opposed and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on indeed whose resumes match your job description visit indeed.com slash credit check it out now we'll come back we'll talk to todd Furman coming up next he's mark willard sitting in for chris plank i'm Marty spanier this is fox sports radio Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture. 
that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. All right, good evening, everyone. Of course, Chris Plank with the night off. Mark Willard sitting in. I'm Arnie Spanier on a busy Sunday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Want to get right to our guest who joins us every Sunday, host of the Bet the Board podcast. It's our buddy Todd Furman. How you doing, Todd? I am doing well, Arnie. I just want to know, have you booked your hotel reservations in lovely western New York to make the seven-hour pilgrimage or whatever it may be on the New York Thruway to cheer on your beloved Catamounts? Oh, they're, they're definitely going to go ahead and win two games. I'll, I'll, we'll get into that, Todd. There's no doubt about that. I'm just excited about my Arizona Wildcats winning the whole thing. But we got we got to start with Tom Brady. But first thing, when you heard it, what came to your mind? Was it a big surprise? Were you surprised when it happened? No surprise at all. What, what were you thinking? You know, honestly, I was so immersed in college basketball prep, doing some of our bracket breakdowns for CBS HQ, uh, that I didn't know in real time. My, all of a sudden, my phone starts to blow up. I'm looking on social media, and I really thought it was an April Fool's joke being played on all of us on March 13th. <laughs> Lo and behold, obviously, it comes to fruition. Tom Brady's retirement lasts 58 days less than the Major League Baseball lockout, and Sports books all over from here to Antigua, scrambling to try and adjust all sorts of future odds for the NFC. Uh, Todd, I, I would love to know just the, uh, and I guess it, it will matter who the quarterback is, obviously, but you see the Bucks move. Same thing with the Denver Broncos and a Russell Wilson. Like, what, what happens to teams like that, the odds for their futures for the seasons, when they acquire a quarterback like that? Yeah, I mean, this is a seismic move, especially given the NFC quarterback play or lack thereof, especially on the surface. So when news like this breaks, you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go from upwards of 40 or 50 to 1 down to 10 to 1. Meanwhile, to put in perspective, the Denver Broncos, when they acquire Russell Wilson, their odds go from 40 to 1 down to 20. Now, they've drifted down a little bit, but regardless of how you feel Russell Wilson will help Denver upgrade their quarterback position, you still have to go through Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes just to get out of the AFC West before you look at the entire landscape. The one move that's probably the most fascinating of all of them was actually the Washington Commanders acquiring Carson Wentz. They went from 70-1 to to win the Super Bowl out to 75-1, to probably not what you want to see from odds makers when you trade multiple picks to bring in a new pivot. (laughs) Todd, let me ask this. How many people actually run out now and try to bet Tampa Bay? Well, I guess the Lions move, so it doesn't really make much of a difference, but I mean, is there like an influx of money just flying in now to bet these or not really? You'll have a lot of folks that won't be as price sensitive as they should be, thinking that they're still stealing a little bit of value with prices around 10 to 1. Uh, but anyone that had the information early was able to take advantage. There was a sportsbook director here in town who said he took a couple of big bets earlier in the week on Tampa to win the Super Bowl. Uh, wow. Five-figure bets at 40 to 1. So it goes to show that there's always a little bit of intel that leaks. And uh, as far as sports betting goes, your bankroll is only as good as the information you're able to obtain before things are made jet pu- made known to the general betting public. Todd, I'm fascinated by uh, Washington's odds going the wrong way when they get Wentz. What happens to the team he leaves? So the Indianapolis Colts odds did what, and what's the expectation that they will do next at that position? 
Yeah, the Colts' odds actually improved. They went from 30-1 to one down to 25-1, <laughs> to one. Uh, even under the assumption we have no idea who their starting quarterback will be. Now, if you believe some of the scuttlebutt on social media today, the Colts talking about Gardner Minshew, but I don't think he gives them a, even a puncher's chance to compete in the AFC or win the division. The name that I think would make a lot of sense, and I won't claim to have any inside information on this, would be Jimmy Garoppolo. If the 49ers are definitely going to move on from Garoppolo, he fits what Frank Reich wants to do offensively. Lean on Jonathan Taylor work off of play action and have a quarterback who has to be a game manager more so than anything else but we'll see what Indianapolis has in mind uh, clearly they're a quarterback away from competing and if they think they want to bridge the gap with the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South you need somebody significantly better than Gardner Minshew in my opinion to accomplish that you know since you bring up Jimmy G I'm just wondering how much would it cost to, to, to pick up somebody like Jimmy G how many first round picks or is it just one first round pick you know, it's a great question, and I think, you know, as the quarterback situation around the league continues to get more and more settled, the 49ers lose leverage. The next big chip to fall will most likely be Deshaun Watson. Now, right. where he goes, anyone's guess, if it's Philadelphia, if it's Carolina, if it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then as more and more teams get settled under center, San Francisco can't hold out for a king's ransom in that regard. But I do think if you're any of these teams that were looking to trade a quarterback, you love the Denver Broncos setting the market on Russell Wilson, and you can kind of align with every everybody else shortly thereafter. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings make the move today to try and free up some cap space. They give Kirk Cousins another year on his deal, so probably yet another guy off the market that had been rumored to certain spots, maybe potentially like Cleveland or somewhere else. Todd, that's a fascinating statement. I want to I wanna sort of ask that a different way because, as you say, they lose leverage, except for that we know demand outweighs supply. So let's say you get to the end. Brady's got his home. Watson's got his home. Wentz has his home. Wilson has his home. There's still going to be Seattle, Carolina, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. When it gets down to sort of one starter left, if that's Garoppolo, don't you actually have a lot of leverage in, in that situation? You know, I don't think it's a situation where the 49ers are going to go into camp with Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster. I'm not sure it's the best-case scenario by any stretch of the imagination if they can acquire assets that help them get closer to the ultimate goal, which is winning the Lombardi Trophy. So as you look around at some of the teams out there, you still have guys like Jameis Winston that are available as well. So uh, I think it's you, you kick the tires on all of these guys, you see exactly what the asking price is, and maybe you wait a little bit longer in the process to try and identify someone who feels that they have an extra quarterback that's a luxury or trade up to draft someone although in the case of Indianapolis I'm not sure any of the prospects that'll be available with first round grades give them an upgraded overall potential Todd let's talk some March Madness my friend this is what it's all about I can't believe we had to put it on the back burner I usually you know I love going with the upsets going with the long shots I haven't seen too many long shots that I like other than the fact Vermont winning a couple games and it was everything I could they'll put up a good fight against Gonzaga but I didn't see a lot of, you know, the lines are pretty low. A lot of respect, like Vermont's only a five and a half point underdog to Arkansas. There's not a lot of big lines out there, Todd. Yeah, the market continues to get more and more efficient, and I think it's a credit to the college basketball analytics folks that have made their information more readily available that you don't see the big disparity or the days of two versus 15s where we're talking about three touchdown points. Yeah. You still have Gonzaga laying you know, over 20 points in their matchup, and when ultimately some of the other number ones will settle, you'll see big price tags as well. But I think one of the more fascinating matchups when you look at just the numbers versus seeds, Providence has the potential to go off as the shortest favorite as a number 
number four seed against a 13. That number sits at between two, two and a half uh, against South Dakota State. Wow. And, you know, anybody who dives into some of the numbers realizes that Providence has been relatively fortunate all season long. They've won an inordinate number of close games, and eventually you have to pay the piper. It'll be a question of if the Friars, you know, rent comes due in the opening round of the tournament, or they're able to withstand uh, a little bit more and keep that horseshoe hidden away for a deep run in March. Todd, take us into the futures on this thing. Gonzaga the favorite at three and a half to one. Arizona and Kentucky are sitting at seven. Kansas at eight. And then there's a bunch of teams at 15 and 18 uh, that include Duke and Baylor and Auburn. Like, how far do you feel it goes down where you're still a team that has a chance to win it all? And where do you see the value start? Where, where the value plays here? I think a lot of times you're going to want to look at the individual regions, and that's part of where you begin to identify which team may or may not be overvalued or undervalued. And so for me, uh, I go through, and I think Kansas was dealt an extremely fortuitous hand uh, as far as the opponents that they'll face. The two, three, and four seeds in their region, all teams that I'm extremely down on coming in, that, of course, being Wisconsin, uh, looking at Duke as well, and then, of course, uh, Wisconsin, excuse me, you're looking at Providence and Auburn as this trio of teams there that are vulnerable. So Kansas at 10 to 1 makes a little bit of sense for me. Traditionally, you're going to want to look on those protected seeds. It's tough to come out of that five plus range to actually be legitimate national champions. But maybe it's a team like Iowa is playing its best basketball at the right time of year. Uh, but I don't think oftentimes you're going to find teams more than 25 or 30 to 1 once the field announced that have a legitimate shot to cut down the nets. Murray State. Watch out for Murray State, my friend. That's my team. And also Chattanooga. Got to watch out for those two teams, Todd. You know, I wish the committee really didn't have an axe to grind with some of the mid-majors. I think both Murray State and San Francisco were poised to win multiple games if they matched up with teams from Power 5 conferences. Now, of course, they'll have their hands full if seeds hold and Kentucky gets through St. Peter's. And I'm not sure either one of those will have enough to beat the Wildcats. But one thing to warn well in advance of that particular matchup, if Kentucky does get through St. Peter's, they would only open about a three, three-and-a-half-point wow. favorite against the winner of that Murray State game. So public perception plays a big, big role, uh, but it's always interesting when you talk about some of these senior-laden teams, knowing how efficient they can be on the offensive and defensive ends uh, and their great potential they have to pull off upsets. Todd, real quick, I'm in a pool that does the multiply seed deal, right? So in other words, the double-digit seeds, if they can win a a game or two, it really helps. Give me a double-digit seed that should just salivate and over. Uh, you know what, I'm not sure I'll go salivating over, but I do think a team like Michigan is grossly underseated as an 11. You look at their full body of work, and while I have a lot of things not so friendly to say about Jawan Howard and the way that team is coached, talent-wise, they're significantly better than the 17-14 and 14 record indicates. So as an 11 seed, that's a team that can make a run. You know, Arnie mentioned Chattanooga. I'm not sure they'll be able to win multiple games, but I do think they'll give Indiana uh, in Indiana, Illinois, all they can handle, and then some. Uh, but the double-digit seed that I like the most, if they can get through their opener, uh, I think Davidson's a team uh, that not only wins one game and beats Michigan State, but sets up quite nicely for a game that they would never get during the regular season against the Duke Blue Devils. And I think it's a huge coaching edge that would go to Bob McKillop over Coach Krzyzewski. As I let you leave, Todd, by the way, did you notice that CBS screwed up? Were you watching the selections live? Uh, I was not watching oh. it live. I was just kind of, I had the thing on mute and was watching some of the brackets the- populate. A couple of the teams still waiting to see if they made the tournament, and Gummel was thrown into a tease. He goes, we'll come back. Some teams, uh, he goes, we're f- they're waiting to find out where they're going to play, like USF and Wyoming. I'm like, well, you just gave it away. 
Am I the only person that picked that up? You just told us they're going to be in the the tournament. I guess it doesn't quite work so well once you announce the field and you've already told Wyoming that they're in a playing game in Dayton, Ohio. So they knew exactly where they were packing their bags. A nice little trip from Laramie across the country. I love it, Todd. Always a pleasure. Host the Bet the Board podcast. Go check it out. Enjoy your time. This is the best time. March Madness. We'll speak to you next week. You got it, gentlemen. Enjoy the crazy 48 games between now and next Sunday. I love it. Love talking to Todd Furman out there in Las Vegas, host of Bet the Board podcast. You check it out. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more, Brady. I want to get to some of the Deshaun Watson news. That's kind of interesting. And Mark's going to go ahead. I have a few few more questions about Jimmy G and what he's going to bring in. But first, let's check in with the Sager, who I wouldn't give him the night off like I did Plank tonight. (laughs) That's right. So what's going on? I gave tonight. Not give Plank the night off. Uh, No, Uh, Mark. Mark is probably well aware that Arnie is constantly under the impression that he holds power in these hallways. Don't ask for a night off. You'll never get it again. That's why Arnie works at midnight on Sundays, because he holds all the power. (laughs) Yeah, Planks in a softball tournament or games in Hawaii. Hawaii, So, yeah. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Stay there if you can. (laughs) Miss the flight. Whatever you got to do. Exactly. By the way, the more obvious CBS mistake during the uh, tournament coverage when they were giving the field was the graphics said these games are on friday and then it said these winners play on saturday no no, <laughs> no they, they don't play, play the, yeah it's friday yeah. sunday Thursday, no but did Saturday. you pick that up where they gave they they, they slipped out that wyoming and usf <laughs> no, was, was going to make the i field. guess i must have tuned out yeah. or flipped the channel or something I'm the only one that picked that up unbelievable i certainly immediately thought of when we got the brady news tonight right before the previous show before you started is okay wait a minute so last night they were bidding on Tom Brady's last touchdown yes. pass football, and yes. the starting bid was $100,000. You know, 518000 That was the it. final one. 23 yes. bidders, the one Mike Evans threw up into the stands. Hey, Tom Brady's last career touchdown pass. <laughs> I'm Later. suing somebody if I got that ball. <laughs> I don't care. I'm suing somebody. Later that same day. Quarterback yeah. Tom Brady tonight, unretired, will return to the Tampa Bay Bucks to play this year. Last season at age 44. Brady led the league in passing, including 43 touchdowns. He'll turn 45 in August. He'd retired February 1st. Didn't really take. In college basketball, Gonzaga is the number one overall seed for the NCAA tournament, opening in Portland Thursday against Georgia State. Duke, with Coach K retiring soon, is the two seed in the West, so it could face Gonzaga in the West Regional Final in San Francisco. Davidson, out of North Carolina, will play in South Carolina in Greenville this week, and that's Friday against Michigan State. That winner will likely face Duke in the second round. Duke opens against Cal State Fullerton. The Arizona Wildcats, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. That is Pac-12 champion Arizona Wildcats are the one seed for the South region with Villanova as the two seed there. Love the pod system where you're not stuck, for example, Arizona having to move to the South region for the next couple of weeks. Arizona plays in San Diego this week while Villanova plays in Pittsburgh. Kansas is a one seed in the Midwest. Baylor's a one seed in the East. Iowa won the Big Ten title today while Richmond took the Atlantic 10. Iowa's first-round NCAA game is against Richmond on Thursday afternoon. Teams that just made it in include 12 seeds, Wyoming and Indiana. Yes, they'll meet in the first four. That winner will face St. Mary's Thursday night. The first four out, 
the teams that just missed the NCAAs are each one seeds for the NIT tournament. Those four are Dayton. That's still going on. That is correct. Well, it's run by the NCAA, so it's not going to die. Dayton, Oklahoma, SMU, and Texas A&M are the one seeds for the NIT. And there's still the CBI tournament. We're waiting for the CIT field, which is known as the Basketball Classic. Apparently UTEP's going there. Georgia already has a new coach, Mike White from Florida, and the Gators are in the NIT hosting Iona. To the NBA, the late game was in Phoenix, and the Lakers were trailing the Suns after the first quarter, 48-22. to Final score, 140-111. to The Lakers' record, 29-38 and on the season. The Lakers, when LeBron doesn't score 50, are winless since the All-Star break. That's disgusting. <laughs> They're disgusting. Horrible. It, yeah, horrible is correct. At Atlanta, Trey Young, 47 points in a narrow victory against Indiana. Close win for Brooklyn today against New York as Kevin Durant scored 53 points. And a trade in baseball tonight. The Washington Nationals first off get D.H. Nelson Cruz. And then the Twins traded third baseman Josh Donaldson and two others to the Yankees for catcher Gary Sanchez and infielder Gio Urshela. Sanchez project, projected to make about $8 million this year in his final season before free agency. Agency. Donaldson is owed about $50 million over these mm. next two years, and the Yankees will take all of that. MLB spring training games start this Thursday. Chase Briscoe, the NASCAR winner at Phoenix. Back to you. All right. Thanks a lot to Sager. Mark Willard sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier on a busy Sunday, 13th day of March. You want to get in Mark underscore T underscore Willard. Just type in Mark Willard. You'll find it. I'm at Stinking Genius <laughs> 1. Um, first of all, a couple things. You know, with all the changes we've made in football, Mark, did we make too many changes that a 45-year-old quarterback could be an MVP of the league because we've said uh, we can't hit him, we can't hit him below the knee, we can't even crawl and touch his kneecap or his, his, his ankle. We, you kid, Tom Brady gets hit like maybe three times a game. Did we make so many changes that it's easy for a 45-year-old quarterback to still play, still play football out there or what? You, you, you remember Matt Castle? Do you remember that? Remember yes. that time Matt Castle played football? Yes. And, 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 and you loved it and it and it led to this incredible. Do you remember that great moment that Matt Castle had? Do you remember it, Arnie? You remember the moment I'm talking about? Well, the when Tom Brady got hurt, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember that moment either. So, in other words, yeah, I, I don't care if it's gimmicky. Keep them healthy. That's the NFL doing business and doing it correctly. So, I, I, I look. You're right. The numbers are set aside, but I'm glad you brought up change in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because baseball is getting ripped sideways for it right now. Oh, they're making all these changes because. Because the game stinks and because you're trying to kowtow to a younger generation. Every sport has to do that, and they always have, and they always do. There are changes every year. Football's game is unrecognizable compared to what it was even 10 or, or, or and certainly 20 years ago. This is just part of the deal. I mean, how many big-time quarterbacks did we lose this year to injury? Did we lose any? And I mean major injury. You know, there was Joe Burrow the year before last. Well, the days of playing 16 games uh, for one quarterback, I think, are long gone. That's, I don't think that's going to be happening much longer, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, there were a lot, you know, Aaron Rodgers missed something here and there, although that, well, I can't actually. even remember, you know, vaccine-related and all of this. But we didn't lose, you know, there was Dak Prescott a couple of years ago. Right. There was Burrow. It's it's going to happen. Kyler Murray missed a lot this year. But, the, but, but there was relatively little of that. I mean, for the most part, these 
guys stayed healthy. The games are better when they're on the field. I know people think it's the wussification of America, but it's <laughs> it's it's keeping the faces of the league on the field. And, and, and so, sure, if you go to the all-time passing leaders, they're like all guys from the last 15 years. Um, you know, you, you got to get over that. You got to get over that. I mean, it's it's just like a juiced ball in baseball. That's that that's records over the years, what have you. It, it keeps them on the field. That's the most important thing. Getting a lot on Twitter. Sharon says this is about ego with Tom Brady, and a lot of people are saying that. How much is this really about ego? I, I can't believe somebody's ego is really that big at 45 years old. And granted, he, he is Mr. Media. Anything he does, we're all over it. But um, sooner or later, you, you go in the retirement, and you you know you do other interests. You, you, your ego doesn't get so big that you you keep doing something at forty five years old at that. You know. Yeah, but I also wonder, like, why why do we want someone gone so bad? Like, take the guys. Oh, who have didn't we retired. say what? Didn't we say Joe Namath played too long? Uh, Joe Montana played too long. Marcus Allen, right, yeah. Well, we could go on and on and on, but that's because we're watching something on the field that looks like a lesser version of themselves. The Los Angeles Lakers, Arnie, we've been talking about this all year. Their whole roster is a bunch of stars who don't play like stars anymore. We're not telling them to retire. Tom Brady led the league in passing. He led the league in passing yards. So as long as somebody, I mean, I'm always of the belief that, look, if somebody wants to pay you, you get to play. But if somebody is still playing at an incredibly high level, why would we want them to go away? Barry Sanders did it, and we ripped him for a decade because he did that. True. So, true. Uh, you know, we're, we're just sick of Tom because he's been so good for so long. If Tom Brady's going to come back, I want to come back. Which quarterback said that? We'll tell you about that. Coming up next, Willard in for Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed, because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. Mark Willard sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. Uh, One bit of news coming on down. Tom Brady says he's coming back, but what about his center, uh, Ryan Jensen? He just got his deal done, uh, uh, Willard, three-year, $39 million contract. So Tom Brady's center is coming back. No problem there, my friend. Tom Brady is the honey and everybody else is the bees. It's like Gronkowski and, and, you know, the center of these guys is just like as soon as he comes, it's kind of like LeBron has been in the NBA through the years. As soon as he comes, here come all the other guys. And uh, and so the trickle-down effect is is real. Um, you heard it was interesting that Todd Furman said earlier this hour uh, that there were some big bets, some big numbers laid on futures for the Bucks to win the Super Bowl a couple of days ago. Uh, people knew. People knew in certain circles what was going on, and uh, and the Bucks center stays because he, too, is one of those people. He knew what was going on. All right. Uh, we said Tom Brady's coming back. Another quarterback wants to come back. We've known this for a while. Colin Kaepernick, but he put out a tweet today saying, for the past five years I've been working out and staying ready in case an opportunity to play presented itself. I'm really grateful to my trainer who I've been throwing to all this time, but, man, do I miss throwing to professional route runners 
who's working, I will pull up, of course, Tyler Lockett and said, hey, let's do it, bro. Me and my brother will come run routes for you. He was ready to get in there. Um, we talked about Colin Kaepernick getting a chance um, maybe in Seattle, uh, who knows where. I think it's about time uh, that he did at least get a chance to compete. I mean, that is the American way. So I think it's about time we move forward and let him compete for a job. I, I mean, I love the Seattle idea, and you and I spoke about that, as you said yesterday, only to see today that one of their top receivers has stepped forward to work out with them. Does it mean anything? Probably not. Uh, but for those who don't know, Seattle was the team that almost, almost did it a couple of years ago. Uh, the only team that's it might really mean come something. Close. Don't say probably not. Don't don't just yeah. poo-poo. I mean, yeah. I no. I just yeah. think that Tyler's doing that on his own. I don't think Could the be. Seahawks are behind yeah. that. You know what I mean? But right, right. Uh, we know that Pete Carroll was open to it once, and the only reason they didn't do it was because they thought Collins' popularity was going to be too much in the Seattle locker room, and therefore pull the rug out from underneath Russell Wilson a little bit. So with Russ gone and the same regime in place, dot 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 maybe. Maybe. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I, the league has probably moved on. Uh, but if you're Seattle right now and you're probably not going to get Garoppolo, I don't think they're going to get Deshaun Watson. It's going to quickly get to a point of why not? You know, why would you not at least have him in camp and, and take a look? Can, can you come back after five years of not playing football? Can you come back and still have anything what you had five years ago or no, no chance whatsoever? Only one way to find out. <laughs> I mean, really, oh, though. Right? I mean, five years. I mean, that's a long yeah, time but, to be gone. Right, but five years, and when he left, he was in his 20s. So, I, you know, look, I mean, we got to start looking at all this stuff differently. Uh, if I had asked you a few years ago if you could lead the league in passing at age 44, what would you have said? Yeah, yeah, I would have I taken mean, that so, to Harvey, yeah. Right? I mean, bodies are doing different things. I mean, kick the tires. Take a look. What do you have to lose at this point? Fox News isn't going to go crazy. It's fine. Take a look. See. If if there's nothing there, move on. I want to say, because I know we're short on time, this tweet that he put out was the most transparent tweet he's put out in five years. If he would have done this four years ago, saying, hey, I want a chance, I want to compete, I want to get back in the NFL— I don't think this would have dragged on five years. He did do that. He's done that. He's held his workouts. He's done that. He's let everybody know periodically he's still trying. And the response has been the same every single time. Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. And isn't that what this is all supposed to be? Yes, exactly. He's Mark Willard sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. Hour one in the books. We're going to come back. Let's start getting into March Madness. I can't believe we did the first hour. We'll start talking about the brackets. All that's coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Wow. Quick first hour. Mark Willard in for Chris Plank, who's out in Hawaii. With Oklahoma softball, boy, that guy's got it tough. I'm Artie Spanier. You want to be part of the show real simple. Mark underscore T underscore Willard. I wouldn't tweet you if I had to do all that. I want you to know that. (laughs) Yeah, show's uh, over. Show's over now because you had to read my – no, I've always told you this, Arnie. I don't want any (laughs) half-steppers. Don't don't, don't come at me with, uh, you know, like we sort of dig the show or I sort of have something to say to you. You – you gotta excuse me. You gotta want to follow me. Yeah. Right. That's the way I want it. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. You get a hold of me at Stinking Genius One on a busy Sunday. 
Uh, we were supposed to have Torres on this hour, our college basketball insider. Hopefully we'll have him on in the power hour of the show. But it was Selection Sunday. That's what this is all about. And it took a backseat to Tom Brady. Were you watching the selection committee? Were you watching as the um, selections and the pairings came out? I don't think there was any, you know, um, any earth-shattering, like, uh, who got snubbed or anything like that. Maybe Texas A&M was crying a little bit. I thought it went off without a hitch and really no big drama this time around, to be honest with you, Mark. It was just like, here's the field. Let's get going, you know? I agree with that. You know, and, and most of that stuff is belly aching anyway uh, throughout the majority of the year. The, the tournament has enough teams in it. So that it's very rare that, I mean, I, I just, the argument of, hey, we're number 65 right, just right. doesn't really resonate. It's like, so what? what? What what does that really mean? Sure, I know there's money at stake. Yeah, there's some prestige. You want to get in there. Um, and, and then there are others who, who might be upset with their seating, their position, who they're going to have to go against. All that stuff is for uh, 24 hours at the most. We get through it, and then the games are going to take over. If you're the best team and you're playing the best you're going to find your way through it there are little quirks i think for fans that you wish wouldn't happen i'm with what todd Furman said that usf murray state game that's right. just too bad it's it's too bad those are both really really interesting uh mid-major sort of unknown situations i think the teams could really make some noise and and uh and and be memorable in the tournament and now one of them's going to go away right away so there's unfortunate stuff like that but no you're right i think the, ter- the the committee did a good job i think parody is going to just take over this whole thing and so there's going to be a lot of upsets early and uh and, and you know that that should be fun for everybody well maybe somebody from kentucky can go ahead and and, and tweet us because Murray State and Kentucky, if they both win, they go to the next round, um, obviously, and play each other. I don't think they've ever played because Kentucky won't play them. So um, that would just be phenomenal. Kind of the way uh, Kentucky and Louisville got matched up after a while uh, by the NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament. So I think that would be phenomenal. I don't have a lot of upsets. You know, usually I'm the king of upsets. I love taking the 10s, 11s, the 12 seeds. The only ones I really see is 13-seed Vermont. I think they're going to go and surprise Arkansas. But only, and I know <laughs> well, I live out here in do. Vermont. But wait, of course you five, do. But they're only a five-point underdog, a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Well, so that's, yeah, I, that, that, I mean, not a big upset there. That's the thing. I mean, you got to go look at some of your double-digit seeds, and you'll find that some of them are actually favored. So, right. you know, don't go, don't go squawking if, if Michigan beats – Colorado State and you you called it. They're favored in that game. You right, know, if, right. if if Virginia Tech beats Texas, that's a pick'em right now. And in fact, it's leaning toward Virginia Tech maybe getting a uh, giving a point in that game. That may be there by that time. So some of these, especially in a year like this, when you get to the six eleven games, the seven ten games, the eight nine games, these are all going to be coin flips, Arnie. Mark, I hope you have your bracket in front of you. Gonzaga, Baylor, Arizona, Kansas, all the number one seeds. I'm going to ask you, which number one seed can fall first? Who is the number one seed that could actually lose first before they maybe reach the Elite Eight, the Final Four, or the NCAA Championship? My guess would be Baylor, because in the second round, they probably maybe run into a pretty decent North Carolina team. And I have them playing St. Mary's, which would be not too bad for them. But I, I have St. Mary's beating them. So, um, I, I, excuse me, I have North Carolina beating Baylor and then St. Mary's beating North Carolina. So I think Baylor could lose in the second round if things don't fall for them. 
St. Mary's an interesting pick. They've got a really hard second-round game. And again, if it goes this way, we're acting like chalk uh, in these middle games is going to be easy, and it's not. But UCLA is a team oh, what a great that took your – right? I mean, UCLA took Arizona all the way to the end of the game, led them at half yesterday, and Arizona is as good as anybody. And I'm not just trying to butter you up, Artie. Yeah, well, they're number uh, one, they, yes. <laughs> they're, 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 they're as good as any. I agree with your Baylor take. If there's a team, though, that I think has the hardest road and, uh, and you know, to even get into the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight is definitely Baylor. I love Kansas's chances for sure. Gonzaga is the class of the country. Arizona's right next to them, and and there's nobody that terrifies me in um, you know in at least in their half of the bracket either. I think the the three those three number one seeds. I would I I think are at least ticketed for the elite eight. I, I think Baylor's going to have a hard time getting there. Do you uh, do you see any of these uh, 13, 14, 15 seeds winning? Because again, like you said, they're they're pretty close. They're only about five, six. You know, like UConn uh, going up against New Mexico State. You would think that UConn would be a big favorite in that one. They're only like a six point favorite, and UConn's a five seed. New Mexico State a twelve seed. So that's a lot of respect for these lower seeds coming into games like this one, Mark. Well, and they're all, the 12 seeds, right, that's always the traditional thing. Like, it used to be, oh, there's always at least one 12 seed. Right, now right, I'm kind of right. like, there's always at least two. You know, I mean, those those games in college basketball today are, are there, there's just not that much difference. So I'd go even further. If you're asking me, it, 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 like, how many 13 and higher teams will win a game this year? Right. I mean, I think it'll be at least two or three. Ooh, I really wow. do. Yeah. I think I, I think there'll be at least a couple of, of of those that win. You know, you 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 look. We we talked with Todd about Chattanooga going against right. Illinois. They're like only them, a set, yeah. and they're only a seven point dog. Like a lot of respect the, 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 for them. This would not be crazy. This just is not a crazy idea that that some of these teams are good. And and on the the flip side, it's not even so much about how good is the 13, 14, or 15 seed. It's how flawed is the uh, the, the 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 four seed and the three seed. I mean, the, the, the college basketball just does not have juggernauts right now. They just don't. You know, I mean, if you want to call Gonzaga that, fine. Right, right. But I mean, they're they're technically still a mid-major, and they're the big powerhouse now. You know, the the, the days of Duke and North Carolina and Michigan State and and Kansas, they're all very good. But the but the days of them just walking into the Sweet Sixteen, they're over. No, and, and not a lot of great storylines. As you mentioned, there's no Zion to say, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to lead uh, Duke? What's going to happen there? I mean, you got Coach K, and we'll see how far he goes, but that's only one of the big storylines out there. There's really no villains. There's really no heroes. There's really no people that you're pulling for. You're, you're just going to go and watch the tournament. I think people are just happy it's back. I mean, yeah, we had one last right. year, and then the year before that, we didn't have one at all. So I think people want a little normalcy out there. You know what I mean? They just don't want I, to I mean, enjoy it. The, I haven't looked forward to a tournament this much, in, and I don't want to say something stupid as in, like, in three years. I mean, at least that. <laughs> but maybe I think more because of what you just said. I, I don't think I've looked this forward to a tournament in probably at least seven or eight years. Um, and, and you're right. It's not because of any individual players. There aren't, there's no name value stars. There are good players. There are stars. There's no name value. The NBA is right. waiting on this guy kind of a thing. And the parody means that, I mean, look, 
don't don't feel bad if your bracket's getting ripped up early. Like this is going to take a lot of luck. Like you can put yourself in good position, but these teams they're all so evenly matched, and uh, and because of that, I just think I think they're going to be more close games than ever. I think but, almost everything's going to be in doubt going into the second half of these games. I, I can't believe I have to ask you, but I do have to ask you. Are you filling out a bracket? Have you done your bracket? I've already done mine. Of course, oh, no I, I have my Wildcats winning the whole thing, but no, you, no, yeah, shocking. Yes, I mean, I Arnie, Arnie, do you just pull chicken out of the fridge and <laughs> huck it onto a grill? Yes. Well, you gotta marinate, man. You gotta let this sit. You gotta it, let, let, it, let it sit Tuesday, with you a little though, bit here. Yeah. Well, not really. Nobody well, picks yeah. the Tuesday games. It starts Thursday. Right. You got to let it sink in. You got to hear other voices and let them tell you a little bit about what they're thinking and then decide who knows what they're talking about and who not. <laughs> like, that's why I wanted to do this show tonight. I wanted to hear what you said, and then I'm going to play the opposite. Yeah, that, that's that, exactly, that, that's, be, that's my tournament that. philosophy. Exactly. Yeah, you'd be smart to do that. I, I already had my picks already done, I think, by 7 o'clock tonight, an hour after they released it. All I was waiting for. Um, you know, was for uh, for it to be on one of those printable brackets, so I could just go ahead and fill it out and then put it on Twitter out there. I always try to make sure I'm the first. I, again, I, I I'm pretty much to chalk. I have like number one Gonzaga go to the Final Four. Purdue. Well, you, you you said you're chalk, and then you said St. Mary's is going to the uh, the, the elite, elite eight. eight or something. Yeah. I mean, that's well, not chalk at all. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're a five seed. It's not that yeah, but far you got them, you, you got them yeah. knocking out UCLA and Baylor. That's yeah. that's tough stuff. That's tough sledding for a team from Moraga, California. I, I got to tell you, I thought UCLA got no respect being at the number four seed. Uh, they did go to the Pac-12 finals. They were a really good team this year. They had beaten Arizona six of the last seven times they played. Played. So I'm I'm surprised they didn't get maybe a three seed, but that's no big deal really. Um, when you're one seed off, I know they'll have to play the number one seed, but to me, one, two, three, or four, not that big of a deal, Mark. I'm not going to well, cry home about that, you know. And and maybe I'm excited about it this year more than the years past because of something you just mentioned. And and you know, I think our listeners know I'm I'm based out here in California. Like this is the best. Uh, the, the best chance the West Coast has had to really get involved in, in, in anything college sports related in a long time. The West Coast has been totally left out of football, as we know, and I'm not saying that's anyone's fault other than their own. Uh, but to see Arizona where they are, have Gonzaga be the number one team in the nation, have teams like UCLA who could factor in this. I'm not big on USC's chances to do much, right. but they've had a decent season. San Diego State, an eight seed, even San Francisco, as we mentioned, a 10 seed that has a chance to bounce around and, and, and do a few things. St. Mary's, I mean, even the Bay Area where I am, very, very well represented with those two teams, all of them in the East bracket. But still, um, this, this, this is a year where we could have some teams out here on the West who I, I think go a, a long way. And, and I think your Arizona team is going to be one of them. Uh, where you, have you ever been out to Vegas for, uh, for March Madness? Have you ever? I have. I uh, have. It is, and it's it, the best. This, there's nothing better. I, I, I still have – there's nothing like the sports book when – it's great when there are hundreds of people in there. Yes. But it's really great when there are hundreds of people in there and they're all watching different games. Yeah. They're all happening at the same time. They're screaming um, I, on every shot. Oh, gosh. I had a, I had a devastating story one time because, you know, in the sports book, 
often uh, there's either no sound or only one game has sound. Right. right. And uh, and I remember having, let's say, I think Kentucky played in a game. This is a forever ago, 20 years ago or something like that. Kentucky's playing in a game against somebody, and I think I've got this team uh, like uh, like minus four and a half, okay? And uh, they go to the free throw line up four at the end of the game, about two seconds left to go on the clock, and they nail both free throws. Kentucky's up six. Mm. And so you're sitting there, you're standing up, you're like, yes, they got it. <laughs> and then the other team just sort of nonchalantly rolls the ball down the other end of the floor. Kentucky's practically walking off the floor, like oh, whatever. Geez. Somebody for the other team picks up the ball, and, and just even without a care in the world, just sort of whatever throws it toward the rim from three-point range, but no sound, Arnie, in the, in the sports book. I can't hear the buzzer. I can't see if this ball went off before the light went on. Swish. All oh, met. Geez. And you're sitting there and you had to wait. We had to wait for about 20 seconds until the network posted the final score up on the screen. Big L, Arnie. Oh, the big L. No, those Kentucky are bad, wins man. by three. Yeah, bad beat. It was a bad beat. Yeah, that, that, that would make you want to stop going to Vegas. That's for damn sure. Uh, by the way, if cold candidate calls are turning into hot hiring leads, uh, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. All right, uh, when we get back, we have to get more in the Tom Brady. He's unretiring. We got to give him the love when he retired. Now that he's unretired, we got to give him the same amount of love. Why did he come back? How's that going to affect Tampa? How's it going to affect some of the other teams out there? What's the trickle-down effect for some of the other quarterbacks? We'll get into all that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everyone. Mark Willard in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier moving along on this Sunday, 13th day of March. You want to get in? Mark underscore T underscore Willard. I'm at Stinking Genius 1. Uh, by the way, before we get back to the quarterbacks and Tom Brady and all that, now that we know the final story, we know that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck uh, are now at ESPN. Matter of fact, Joe Buck walked a year early to join Troy Aikman. He was still under contract here at Fox. But Fox said if we let him leave early, and this was reported by Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, he reported that Fox would be allowed to choose one Big Ten football game from ESPN's package for letting Buck hit free agency one year sooner than later. Uh, ESPN and Fox share the broadcasting rights for the Big Ten, so Fox got to pick their one game that they wanted. They picked Willard, Notre Dame at Ohio State. So that's going to be the Fox game um, that they're going to go ahead and get in for Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman. You know why. I mean, it's it, it, it's always when it comes to the broadcast and the ratings and all of that, like we don't talk about them much anymore unless it's about ratings. It's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. You you can't walk two feet without some domer uh, who's who's still freaking out about how they are the the flagship. Uh, I think it's University a good trade, though. College football. Yeah. You think it's a good trade? I think it's Why? a good trade. Well, they were going to walk away anyway, so at least we got something in return, right? We got yeah, Fox yeah, got something in return. Something. Hey, they wanted two update people. They wanted the Sager, too. I would have thrown in the Sager. 
Sager, but we got to forget about it, you know? Well, what uh, what happened with that deal? Why didn't that go down? <laughs> we, we were going to ship off to Sager. We said, ah, we, we need somebody to work on the weekend nights. That's what the Sager's there for. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they, they ship they ship them out. Well, they don't ship them out. They leave. They go to ESPN. But we do get the Notre Dame at Ohio State game. So I thought that was a pretty good return. I thought that was – you know, it's funny. Al Michaels – was traded for what a Disney cartoon, right? So, um, <laughs> you heard about that, right? You've, yeah, you've, Oswald. You've spent, you've spent Oswald. My gosh, you just brought that. That was yeah. my son's favorite cartoon when he first found TV. He's now 15 years old. Is that thing still even on? No, I think it's even older anywhere? than that. Yeah, it's older oh than my that. Gosh, but yeah. yeah, he was. Al Michaels was traded for that. So, I'm at people getting traded for cartoons and Disney characters and football games and and all that stuff out there. But I'd I like. That to be traded right. for a cartoon. That, 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 <laughs> to me, right? That's that's people always talk about legacy in broadcasting. That's leaving a legacy if you yes. can get traded for a cartoon. I'd be into that. But I also I feel like the last couple of days when we've been talking about this, you're kind of downplaying the importance yeah. of the uh, the je ne sais quoi, if you will, Arnie, that some of these broadcast tandems bring. I, I like to me this is this is something for Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football has been missing this. They've been missing somebody with gravitas, and I, so I, I definitely this adds to the uh, the Monday Night Football package for sure in my but mind. But do you think it? But do you think it uh, is going to bring up ratings? I don't. I think there's so many different ways to consume football games, um, with tablets and phones and all that. That all the ratings slip through the cracks. I don't know if Monday Night Football is becoming less popular, or as Mark Cuban thought a long time ago, we're oversaturating the market uh, with the Monday Night game, the Sunday Night game, the Thursday. Thursday games, sometimes we play Saturday. Um, who knows? And then with the COVID, we had games on Tuesday and Friday. I mean, it, w- it was all over the place. Are we oversaturating the market? Um, is Monday Night Football no longer working with the times? And that was just back when Howard Cosell was around. I, d- I don't know if it's, it's still the same thing there, Mark. I don't know if it's still a big deal. No, well, well it's a big deal because it's an NFL game. I mean, what, l- well, look around. Right, at the, yes. you, you want to talk about right. ratings. The, the right. number one show on television right. in America is always Sunday Night Football. Number the top two is 50, always Thursday the top Night 50 Football. top 50 shows are, are football right. games, yes. No, yes number yes. three is like the pregame show for Sunday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> number four is the pregame show for Thursday Night So, I mean, these they're all doing well. But Monday Night Football, because of that, like the fact that Thursday was now ahead of Monday, at least in terms of emotion. Like, set aside, everybody clear out, I want to watch this game. Maybe it is because by the time we get to Monday, we're exhausted and we haven't talked to our families for the last three days. Maybe maybe it is that. I don't know. But I also know that Thursday and Sunday, we're giving the viewer, I think the ratings will be great no matter what, but Thursday and Sunday, the, the, the viewer was being told this is an event. And, and the people doing the talking are adding to the fact that this is, is an event. Right. Uh, not to take it away from any individual, but on Monday, we were not being told that this was an event. We were being told, oh, there's one football game left, so we still have to play it. That's what we were being told as far as the packaging. So I'm into this. I think it matters. You think it matters? I, look, I, I don't think that uh, whoever the announcers are, people are going to tune in for the game they want to see. If the game's a blowout and it's two dog teams, people are going to turn away from that one also, Mark. I, I just don't think the announcers make a difference, though, at the same time. And I don't want to you know, go ahead and uh, take both sides, but... It helps a little bit to have some brand names in there. Look, but I don't think the ratings would be any bigger with them in there or if I was doing it. People are still going to watch the game. 
Yeah, but is it just is it just ratings? Have you ever seen? And I'm imagining the answer is no. Have you ever seen Pink in concert? Arnie. The answer is no. No, I have not. No, I thought so. I had to okay. think about that. For, Ronnie James uh, Dio? No, no, I, no, I saw him. No, no not Pink, yes. I, I saw Pink in concert one time, and she's in this gizmo that's hanging from the ceiling, and she's flying around the entire arena, twirling while singing, and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen a performer do. Now, everybody in the building's already a Pink fan. We're already here. We've right. already bought the tickets, but what's Pink doing? Pink is giving them something that they're going to remember. They're giving them something in the packaging of all of this to say, hey, not only do I know you're here and I'm going to sing my face off, I'm going to absolutely give you something that makes you feel like this is special. This is different than just another concert. That kind of thing, and, and I know maybe to you, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman isn't twirling around right. in, uh, you know, hanging from the ceiling, but it is, it is something to be said for, hey, we, we really care about what we're giving as far as the emotion, the gravitas to this whole production. Let me ask you this then, Troy Aikman, um, Joe Buck, uh, Tony Romo, Al Michaels, whoever it may be, uh, whether they get 15 to $20 million a year, $18 million a year, do they deserve more money than, what, 80 or 90% of the NFL players playing right now? They, they deserve well, more I- money to be the announcer? I don't know. Since when did it come down to to, to what we all deserve? When are we? When it became this, when it was this much money, Mark? I, that's yeah. I, I mean, teachers deserve more money. Okay. Yes, I, I, they like, do. Right. It's not about. Yes. <laughs> it's not about deserve. It's just what you're attached to. Like you're you're attached to an outlet that is printing money. So therefore, if you're going to be a big piece of that puzzle, then you get paid like crazy. What what was Amazon offering broadcasters to go over there? It was it was, it was absurd. The, 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 I mean, it was quarterback money. Um, but, More than you some know, quarterbacks, that, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So you know that's uh, that's the luck of the draw. That's what you're attached to. You know that, Arnie. When you're attached to sports, you make big dollars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right? Just like our uh, a sports right? talk show host out there, right? Oh, man. <laughs> wait, wait, do you wait? Do you see what tallies up over these three hours? I love it. You want to get in. Mark underscore T underscore Willard. I'm at Stinking Genius 1. Tom Brady's back. We'll talk about why he's back. What does that do for Tampa? Are they one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl? What type of year will he have? And is it just for one year or maybe longer? We'll get to all that. But first, we weren't going to trade him. Thank goodness we didn't have to trade him. I would have traded him. Our buddy, Steve DeSager. What's trending out there? I'm untradeable. There's no contract. (laughs) We'll see if Fox has that Notre Dame-Ohio State opener. We'll see if that actually becomes official. That's not official? I I read that. Um, Oh, absolutely. There were articles saying, oh, that's what they've selected. I haven't seen a release saying that's what we've selected or anything like that. But uh, it does remind me of a baseball trade. There was a guy that pitched for the Angels, and he he was like one of those third year old minor leaguers and wanted to get up to the majors he was pitching for reno in the triple a at the time and the offer at the time from the brewers was 2500 bucks and we'll take him (laughs) and the minor league team said no he's worth more than that so eventually the trade was the pitcher for 2500 bucks and 12 dozen baseballs i kid you not (laughs) meanwhile i like that fox sports is going to need a new play-by-play voice for the world series remember joe buck did both sports and he had done almost 25 world series fox does have joe davis who's been the dodgers team what about plank he does softball 
standing by on that one as well. <laughs> For those who aren't with us, Plank is uh, resting and recuperating after a really tough weekend calling softball in Hawaii. Yeah, in That's Hawaii. why he's not doing the show yeah. this evening. Quarterback Tom Brady, unretired, will return to the Tampa Bay Bucks to play this year. Brady had tweeted, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. And tonight, his Pro Bowl center, Ryan Jensen, re-signed three years for a max $39 million. This Wednesday, NFL free agency starts. In college basketball, Gonzaga is the number one overall seed for the NCAA tournament. Arizona is a one seed in the South region. Kansas is the number one seed in the Midwest. Playing in Fort Worth, Texas late Thursday against the winner of Texas Southern, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, that play-in. Auburn is the two seed in the Midwest, playing against Jacksonville State in the first round. In the second round, Auburn would face the USC Miami winner. And Baylor is the one seed in the East region, but playing in Fort Worth this week, starting Thursday afternoon against Norfolk State. Then Baylor would play the North Carolina Marquette winner on Saturday. Kentucky, by the way, the two seed in the East, but playing in Indianapolis this week. And Kentucky will open Thursday night against St. Peter's and could play Saturday against Murray State of Kentucky. The first four out, those teams who just missed, those are the four one seeds in the NIT, including Dayton. So Dayton cannot host its first round NIT game because Dayton is where the NCAA's first four takes place. Dayton will have to play at Toledo in the NIT this week. Georgia's new basketball coach is Mike White from Florida. Georgia will pay his buyout. The Gators are an NIT team hosting Iona. In the NBA, Kevin Durant scored 53 points as Brooklyn edged New York. Trey Young, 47 points as Atlanta edged Indiana. Philadelphia got an overtime win at Orlando. Joel Embiid, 35 points. Memphis and Phoenix each won. The Suns, first place in the West, still seven and a half games up on Memphis. And the Phoenix win was 140 to 111 against the Lakers, whose record is 29 and 38. The Washington Nationals get D.H. Nelson Cruz. The Twins traded third baseman Josh Donaldson and two others to the Yankees. Spring training games start this Thursday. Opening day is April 7th. Chase Briscoe was the NASCAR winner at Phoenix, his first Cup Series victory. He led all but one of the final 83 laps. Ross Chastain finished second. Pole sitter Ryan Blaney led a race high 143 laps and finished fourth. And Kevin Harvick tied a cup record with his 18th straight top 10 at the same track with a sixth place finish at Phoenix. Back to you. All right. Thanks a lot to Sager. Mark Willard in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier on a busy Sunday. You want to get in? Uh, Mark Willard, just look him up. I'm not going through all the underscores. I'm at Stinkin' yeah, Genius 1. That. Yeah. yeah, that's just too much there. Um, why did Tom Brady retire as we kind of rehashed this? Why did he retire? Why was it only for 30 or what, 40 days? Um, and why come back? Well, we, he comes back now because of the free agency period. They re-signed the center. Why did he walk away for 40 days? What, what went on during the 40 days? Why did he walk away? I mean, there's only all we can do is, is is sort of put puzzle pieces together and read it. But if you ask me, Arnie, he was never walking away. This was his only leverage play. He and Bruce Arians were not getting along in the terms of of how to put together a game plan. That's pretty extreme, I Mark. I, well, I, I, listen, I, from what I hear, yeah. uh, also pretty extreme were some of the arguments that they had on Saturdays before games. Um, and, and, and it was getting pretty hot in there. And so if Tom reached the decision that at some point he wanted to play for a different team, this was his way to do it. I mean, who's going to – you say to the Bucks, hey, I want out. 
Look how long it takes. Watch Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. How many years in a row have those two quarterbacks at least flirted with the idea of uh, of, of getting out because they were upset with their team? Right. It's no, been at least two. Right. It's been two, three, four years, and now finally one of them is out, and the other one is still dealing with his relationship. Tom doesn't have that kind of time. So if he wanted out, the leverage play was, okay, if you won't change the way we get ready for a game, I'm out. Well, that's, I that's, retire. That's what I don't understand. Uh, because if I'm Bruce Arians, I would just shut the hell up. First of all, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm going to walk up to Bruce Arians in a closed door, just him and I, and I would say, listen, this is just between you and I. I have the utmost respect for you. But you need to shut the blank up. Do you know? And I, I know it seems harsh, right? But but that's you could talk like that to somebody when you're the greatest of all time. I would say I'm the greatest quarterback. I'm the greatest football player in the history of football. Shut up and just do what I do, and we're going to be fine. I won you a Super Bowl. Shut the blank up. What are you crying about? That's what I would say. What what is he? What was he so mad about? You're coming and, off a and, Super Bowl. What what are you so mad about? And how do you think Bruce Arians would react to that? I don't and care. Remember, I'm the best of all time. To be honest with you, I don't care. Right, how he's but, gonna Bru- but Bruce cares. But Bruce right. cares. And 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 so start putting puzzle pieces together. Right. What do you do? What do you do when you got two high level people? If this you're smart, you shut the blank up and you let him take you to another Super Bowl. Or you go to ownership. Let's not act like this didn't happen two years ago in New England. We know this. this well, is yes, we fact. know that, yes. Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady and go with Jimmy Garoppolo. What right. happened? Robert Kraft stepped in. So what happened this time? That, that's Tom why they Brady, only gave him for a second-round pick, Mark. You understand that, don't you? Well, right, but that, yeah. I mean, now here's Tom Brady. If we're to believe that this relationship was fractured, and now Brady is out there with owners and watching Man U play soccer, he's pressing on a pressure point for Bruce Arians. And, and so does ownership step in and say, hey, Bruce, we would like Tom Brady to play. How about if you make fewer decisions getting ready for the game because this guy clearly knows what he's doing and we want him on the team. I don't know that that happened, but I can believe it, and it sort of feels like something like that happened because we know it never felt like he was not playing football anymore. So you, like, not was, for, was not for one ask, second. I was just about to ask you, so you think there was really zero chance, even after he retired, that he was really going to walk away? Now, I thought he was going to come back, but go back to your San Francisco 49ers because he wanted to end his career up there. I never well, thought he was going to come back to Tampa, to be honest with you. Okay, everybody's talked about this. How do you actually get to the 49ers? Let's play that out. Okay, Tom How, wants to go. Tampa says, "Okay, fine. We we believe we that give you're you actually release. retired, right? You, right? We, they we, gotta, so so first of all, why is right. Tampa incentivized to do that? They're going to want something in a trade, right? Well, then, the, yeah, you give you give a, a draft pick in return, like well, like uh, uh, you know, f- just for letting Tom I, Brady I, out I, of his contract. I mean, for Tom Brady, what draft pick are you going to give? The 49ers don't have a first rounder for the next two years, and they've already. Just well, I'm not giving you a sh- first rounder anyway. So, well, but I mean, you uh, you aren't. It's Tom Brady, right? Yeah, yeah. I know it's only for one year in theory, but why? As Bruce Arians said, why do business that way? What's the incentive for Tampa to say here? Go to the 49ers and beat us next year. Why would they do that? 
So they would so, rather have him retire and hold his feet to the fire over that, or well, what? Well, I mean, I actually, yes. If you're Tampa, wouldn't you rather have him not in the league at all as opposed to in your conference and ready to beat you and make you look like you've got uh, egg on your face? Uh, well, the only person that would have egg on their face is as soon as I went to the media and said, hey, you know, I really want to come back and play football. I just don't want to do it for Tampa. Um, how do you think that's going to play around, you know? Well, the, right. Yeah. So exactly. that's the leverage. That's the yeah. leverage that he had. So I, I just think that this was a standoff from the beginning. I think that that uh, Tampa said, "I'm sorry." I'm you know Bruce Arian says, "I'm sorry." I'm the coach. I call it, and Tom says, "Fine." I retire, and uh, and, and then the negotiations begin. And how does he actually get to San Francisco? How's that okay with Tampa? Do, do the 49ers even want that? And I know that sounds ridiculous, but they would have egg. People would start calling Trey Lance a bust before he's even played. There's so much that goes into this. I just thought the only thing that was clear to me the whole time was that Tom wasn't done. I mean, never sounded like. Remember a few weeks ago when he's like, right. well, I, I walked away because I wanted more time with my family. And now we've done that for five weeks. And yeah, that's probably pretty good. All right, let's go back right. to playing football I, now. So, I mean, you could tell the whole time. Mark, had he not come out today and said he was unretiring, I was, we were just going to hammer it home because I felt the video with Ronaldo was telling, to be honest yep. with you. I, I felt it was, and him going to the Manchester U game. I felt that he was talking to the owners to work something out. I, you, he had to have been talking to the owners, right? This is exactly what was going on. No, am I and, wrong or and, what? And, and it appears that they worked something out, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it appears that they've worked something out. Uh, and my, yeah. my guess is, uh, my guess is, is that a phone call was made to Bruce Arians. And, uh, and and that phone call went something like what you just said. Hey, Bruce, uh, Tom's going to play, and you're going to talk less, and everything's going to be fine. Okay? Good. Okay. Yes, That's exactly. about how it went. Yeah. He's Mark Willard sitting in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier. We'll come back. Uh, the Sager will step on in. Everything we didn't have a chance to get to, we'll get to that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hiring, heating up, Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Finish out the hour, bring in Steve DeSager to see what we missed, what's going on out there, DeSager. I saw a picture after the Lakers game tonight that LeBron James kept the game ball, had it with him in the locker room. The Lakers lost 140 to 111. What's he going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> the Lakers Is record. Is that going on eBay or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe saying it was his last touchdown pass. Yeah. The Lakers record is 29 and 38, but he had an assist tonight that gave him 10,000 for his career. Oh, so LeBron oh. now the first player in NBA history that's reached the 10,000 mark in both. Yeah. assists and rebounds and of proud. course points as well yes. yeah exactly congratulations <laughs> now that tom brady has unretired and his pro bowl center has re-signed let's note that tampa bay's home schedule this year includes games against green bay the rams cincinnati kansas city and baltimore all at tampa Should've bay stayed this retired <laughs> should have stayed retired think of it this way opening weekend fox is going to fight for one of those opponents to be at tampa bay for their first game wouldn't you think maybe an aaron Rodgers against tom brady for opening weekend that's at oh least a goodness. possibility the bucks will have road games at san francisco at dallas this season at pittsburgh cleveland but and this has already been announced 
Tampa Bay will play one of its home games in Munich this year. Now, and this is the new rule, each year it's part of the league's expansion to 17 regular season games. It used to be you'd play eight at home, eight on the road. Now there's 17 total games on your schedule. So if it's your conference's turn to have the one extra home game, well, four teams, up to four from your conference, would be designated to move one of their home games to a neutral site international game. That's why we do know already before tonight's news, one of the Tampa Bay home games is going to Munich this year. Just as we know, a Green Bay home game will be in the U.K., a New Orleans home game will be in the U.K., and an Arizona home game will be played in Mexico City this season. By the way, the Cardinals re-signed tight end Zach Ertz today. As for the baseball... Oh, lots of baseball news, huh? Plenty of baseball news tonight. And spring training games don't start until this Thursday. Today is when players had to report to camp. We'll get three weeks' worth of exhibition games and then opening day Thursday, April 7th. Josh Donaldson is no longer with the Twins. He's owed about $50 million over the next two years. He and two others were traded to the Yankees for catcher Gary Sanchez and infielder Gio Urshela. And also today, Minnesota acquired pitcher Sonny Gray from the Reds. Milwaukee re-signed reliever Brad. Brad Boxberger, and the Mets will sign reliever Adam Ottavino. According to Fox's Ken Rosenthal, the details on D.H. Nelson Cruz going to the Washington Nationals. Yes, D.H. is in the National League now, officially. He's made a ton of money ever since he's got suspended for 50 games. Oh, well over $100 million since he got suspended. Yeah, and that's in the back half of his career at, at this age. It's a one-year deal plus an option pending a physical all of this, but it's worth $12 million plus a three-mil buyout. Wow. Wow is correct. Insane. Insane. Uh, As for the NHL, we had the Heritage Classic today. The Buffalo Sabres were playing outdoors in a CFL stadium. Got three goals in the third to beat Toronto 5-2. This was at Tim Hortons Field, Hamilton, Ontario. I was watching a little bit of that today, too. Oh, were you really? Yes, I was. My wife had it on TV. I I didn't put it on. She put it on. This is separate from the stadium series where they play outdoor games in NFL stadiums. This, quote, celebrates Canada's history of outdoor hockey. They've had six of these Heritage classics in the last 20 years or so but this three outdoor games this season including new year's including the one at tennessee a couple weeks back in the 35 outdoor games the nhl has had in the regular seasons to date over the years the home teams have a losing record <laughs> 15 and 17 plus three overtime losses I and i did note that tim horton's field is also home to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. It's within walking distance of the site of the original Tim Hortons fast food restaurant. Oh, I love I love Tim Hortons. Opened in 1964, co-founded by former Leafs defenseman Tim Horton, Hall of Famer, four-time Stanley Cup winner from the 1960s. Yep. In fact, the Leafs haven't made the Stanley Cup final even once since then. <laughs> the NHL lockout 2005, uh, since then, Toronto hasn't even won a single playoff series. <laughs> and I must mention again... That the league, they said at this outdoor game at Nashville recently, they used 350 gallons of paint to make the ice white for the That's outdoor crazy. game. That typically oh. they lay down an inch of white uh, ice and then paint it white and then lay another quarter inch of ice and then put down the lines and the logos. And those are made of fabric and then lay down another inch of ice on top of that. In Tennessee, the crew had 
started earlier, put the paint and the lines and the logos deeper into the sheet of ice. But it's just an odd thing to concoct all this. And then they have all these portable refrigeration systems to do these outdoor games. I remember there was a once a Dodger Stadium hockey game right, with the Kings right. against with the Kings Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. They'll keep having these outdoors, not just on New Year's, keep having these outdoor things every year. NHL ratings have truly been horrid. I mean, TNT just got them and they're getting 300,000 people watching those oh games. Oh my, more watch me playing uh, YMCA basketball <laughs> out here. So if you have one of these outdoor games, they tend to get a little bigger audience. All right. Uh, thanks too a lot. Cold, to too cold to even watch those games, Arnie. Yeah. I can't even. I mean, you scared me by saying yesterday that it's snowing where you are. Uh, <laughs> as a Californian, I can't even watch something that looks that cold, no Two. matter if it's painted on or not. Two in the books. The Power Hours coming up next. Stick around for that. We'll get more on Brady, March Madness. Lots to get to here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, the power hour of the show. Mark Willard in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier on a busy Sunday. You want to be part of the show, Mark underscore T underscore Willard. I'm at Stinkin' Genius One. We're going to have to change your Twitter handle. I just can't take it anymore, especially when we've been filling in all this time. Lots going on. Aaron Torres will join us at about 20 past the hour. We'll get into March Madness a little bit more in depth with Torres. He's our college basketball insider, so we'll speak to him. Mark, I want to start off by this. You know, when I used to watch Tom Brady when he played for the Patriots, I always respected his ability, his, his greatness, but I would root against him. He was like public enemy number one. I wanted everything bad to happen to Tom Brady. When he left the Patriots and won a Super Bowl with Tampa, I all of a sudden became a Tom Brady fan. I'm like, oh, I want to, sh- I-, I want him to show that it wasn't Belichick, that it was really Tom Brady. I'm pulling for Brady. Let's go, Brady. Now that Brady's got his Super Bowl away from Belichick, retired and unretired, is he still going to be a sympathetic, a sympathetic figure? And people are going to pull for him. I'm talking about the neutral fans, or are people going to start rooting against Tom Brady like he was on the Patriots? I, I mean, I guess it swings back the other way a little bit. I think let's so. let's yeah. start. Let's start with you, though. You were one yeah. of the people. So, yeah. like, where are you right now? Are I, you rooting I was, against I, him? I I'm, I think I'm going to be rooting against him. I'm going to be the guy that's going to say it's 27 nothing in the first game of the year. You should have stayed retired, Brady. How many I times mean, are we going to hear that right that, that next year, especially well, with that schedule? The issue with some of these guys, especially at this position, to me, the quarterback, which is the most important position in sports, we all agree, is overexposure. Like Tom Brady, though, the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers right now is that Aaron seems like he's out for the exposure. It's Joe Rogan. It's Pat McAfee. It's I'm uh, immunized. It's all of this like, oh, I'm going to leave the Packers. I'm going to leave the Packers. No, I actually just want more money. It, it, It seems like concocted overexposure. Tom does it simply because... Of, of his success. He's overexposed because he's in the Super Bowl every other year. And, and we get sick of that as a society. Like, we're trying to sit down and have nachos and hummus every February, and, and, and there's Tom again, and we're sick of it. And it was good one time where we're like, cool, at least the uniform is different. This is a little something different. This time, I think, again, I don't think that this is concocted. I think that Tom felt like he wanted to keep playing. It wasn't going to be under these circumstances. 
losses, so he had to do this, but he never meant to not play. So there, he keeps being involved in big stories that are solely based on his success and his and his way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. It won't work for him, but I hold it against Brady less than I do someone like Aaron Rodgers. Is he really uh, – he's made, taking a big risk here, at least financially, at least the way I see it. You know, remember the story about um, – the wide receiver for the Falcons who just got busted uh, for Gavin. Calvin Ridley. Ridley Calvin right. Ridley, yeah. And he said, all I bet was $1,500. Well, you bet $1,500, but now you lost a $10 million salary. Let me ask you this. If Tom Brady comes back and plays like garbage, Knockwood gets hurt, can only play six, seven, eight, nine games, does he lose money on his brand, that TB12? And I'm not just talking a little money. Would he lose like millions on top of millions, or is that is that impossible to tell? When you leave the game at 45, it would seem like your brand is up, up, up. But if you're going to get hurt at 46 or something like that, I don't know if your brand is going to continue to go up and up. You could have millions of dollars at stake here. I'm guessing. Are, are, are we really worried about Tom Brady? No. No, I guess we're not. I was thinking of that. I kind of respect him for that in a way, though. If that's the case. Like if he's putting it on the line because is he, he, solely, yeah. he solely wants to play. He's that much of a ridiculous competitor. You said it a couple of hours ago. Like what does he have left to prove? Nothing. Well, nothing. Yeah, so yeah. maybe he's not playing because he wants to prove something. Maybe he just is. I mean, it's a borderline addiction at this point, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Is it like, like, right, Tiger Woods? I think it's the camaraderie. Th- they always miss the camaraderie, Mark. It's always they miss the guys in the locker room. It's not working out. It's not practice, even though he likes practice. It's always the camaraderie he misses, and I think that's what keeps him coming back every year. I Again, I think it's a little bit selfish. you got a wife. You've got kids growing up. You've missed out on a lot. You're 45. You've accomplished everything. You're the greatest of all time as a football player, arguably. I'm not so sure you should have come back, especially when you could walk away without a limp or some serious injuries right now, Mark. Yeah, but I, I also, like, who knows what's going on inside that, that family structure. I know a lot of families that do pretty well because they get a chance to miss each other. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like maybe this is Giselle working was for pretty, them. She's pretty adamant that she wants him to retire. I yeah, wonder what she's I, thinking about this coming back from retirement, you know? I, I mean, again, like, we're, we're talking about people, let's be honest, they travel with a nanny, okay, Arnie? Like, I mean, they, they, these people, every, everything is fine, and, and you have to know if you married tom brady you married an addict he's just not addicted to drugs he's he's addicted to competition (laughs) right he's he's addicted to this and maybe it is as you said the camaraderie i mean uh and and who knows maybe he was home for five weeks and and uh, and she's like oh my gosh like i'm not you know i'm i'm not your servant uh that, that you have in the locker room like get back out of here who knows what's going on? But this this whole thing works for them. And, uh, and, and, and in a way, when you see someone like this who just cannot give it up, and, and he is still playing at an incredibly high level, I'm not going to make the leap to say, A, you're selfish, or B, you're taking an unnecessary risk or whatever. I simplify it. He's still good. He wants to play. Knock yourself out. Have you ever seen anybody more competitive? Um, There's only three people I think of when I'm talking about the all-competitive team. The top three that come to mind, Tom Brady, um, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. I don't know if there was anybody, even away from their sports, even if Michael Jordan was playing golf, uh, if, 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 if Tom Brady was playing poker, 
Uh, Kobe could have been playing any wiffle ball. They're all competitive in their right, no matter what they were playing out there, Mark. I mean, you know Kobe I mean? used to say, yeah, his daughters ended up being like they, they sort of inherited that from him. And, and yes, everything was a competition. Who can yes. make the table fast enough at, at dinner? Who, right? Who can do the dishes quick enough? Like, you, <laughs> there are people like this. They just compete with, with, uh, with, with absolutely everything. Uh, Monica on Friends, her character was like this. Like, you just compete <laughs> with absolutely everything. I think you're leaving a couple golfers out of it i mean tiger woods and, and phil mickelson well, yeah, who, by woods, the way right, yeah. and well phil and phil i know this i think we all know this i mean when they're playing their practice rounds on monday tuesday and wednesday uh he literally did not let the other players he was playing with he didn't let them not put big money on on and they're just out there doing a practice round um like he just i mean there it again it is it's an addiction it's a, it, maybe a little bit more of a positive one uh, you know, you're not uh, you're not injecting something awful into your body, but it, it is. It, it, there, there's no other way to explain, like playing a sport like this for 20 years into Ugh. your mid 40s when you've won the Super Bowl 115 what? times. I mean, there's, I there's would, no other way to explain it. You get to be the first now. I haven't asked you. Nobody's probably. I haven't seen this on Twitter. So now that Tom Brady's coming back, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will go what as a record um, with that type of uh, schedule. And you heard the Sega rallying, you know, reading off the teams. That's a murderous schedule out there. I, I think he's going to be lucky to go ten and seven and um, you know find his way back in the playoffs. That, that's a real well, tough schedule out there. And we don't even know necessarily like what the whole NFC looks like. Is Deshaun Watson going to quarterback the Saints or the Panthers? Does right. that move them into so Tampa Bay? We had given them up for dead. Now they're back in this. We know that the you know Seattle maybe they're takes ten to a one step now. Back. Yeah, yeah, but I mean like you look at that NFC. The NFC West gives you a lot. Uh, Green Bay is still going to be a factor. Uh, I don't necessarily know exactly what the East is going to have to offer here, right? But Dallas is strong enough. Does Wentz have a resurgence? Uh, Again, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is serviceable if you've got good stuff around him. Is it it Deshaun Watson? I think it's Watson. I think it's Watson. I mean, Garoppolo, something could happen there, but I got to imagine if you're one of these teams left, I don't know where Pittsburgh sits on this, but Carolina has reported interest. New Orleans Pittsburgh has, has no interest. interest. They, Pittsburgh has no interest in Deshaun Watson, they're saying. Okay, then. They're then, saying and, that, yeah. and, and I've also heard that they have no interest in Jimmy Garoppolo, so who do they have interest in? Right. Uh, who right. exactly is it that Pittsburgh would like to quarterback their team this year? But if, if I Jimmy think it goes. Was, to, I think it was Minshew. Did I hear that Minshew I, might have been well, Minshew? No, yeah, you, you heard Minshew. As a as a Colts target, oh, as a Colts, you're right. Yeah, as a Colts, which 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 I gather as some sort of negotiating ploy with the 49ers. Like the the Jimmy to Indy looks, it makes way too much sense. So let's let's put him there. Let's say Jimmy's in Indy, and if Pittsburgh isn't really interested, um, then then. Um, if it is Carolina versus New Orleans for Deshaun, then the Jimmy thing could go first. Well, uh, me, but, ask- but if not, like, aren't you? You're going for Deshaun, and if you don't get him, then you're going for Jimmy, right? Why? Well, let me ask you this: Why would you give up three first round picks for Deshaun Watson? Is he really worth three first round picks? But then you go ahead and you were, uh, you know, destroying me when I said that Jimmy should then get at least two first round picks. I mean, we, I'd well, rather have yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo for one <laughs> first round pick than three 
three first round picks of Deshaun Watson, you know? Uh, no, not me. Not me. What are the these draft picks? We get we we get so excited about mock drafts and everybody's predictions about who's going to go where, and there's a sex appeal to the whole thing now. But come on, what what are they really worth? If you know that, and I, I don't know what Deshaun's suspension may or may not be, or or is he going to be the same player he was a year and a half ago? But he's 26 years old. If you're essentially saying we can get this guy, he'll play well the way he used to, and we can hold him for 10 years, that's worth 20 first-round draft picks. I mean, three is kind of steep get, if you're asking me, though. That's why people I, haven't really, you know, coughed I, it up. I, I mean, I don't know. The 49ers gave up three for a guy coming out of North Dakota State at age 20. <laughs> so, like, if I, you know, like Deshaun Watson, do you agree? Top seven quarterback in the NFL when he's when everything's right. Right, when it's it, right, well, if he still has that ability, yes, then, I then, agree. Then he's, then he's worth five first-rounders. Who cares about first-rounders if you can have that? Well, you're, and, but you're, you're, you're going to take 30 cents on the dollar with Jimmy Garoppolo. Who, what's his record? What, 71 and like 35 Listen, or something nobody's, to that effect? Nobody's defended Jimmy Garoppolo more than me in, in San Francisco, but the, the, the facts are – uh, that he had great stuff around him. He has Kyle Shanahan as a coach who always gets the most in terms of numbers out of a, a, of a quarterback. And even though I like him and I, I agree with you, he's good, um, the 49ers themselves, the team who had him, gave up three first-round draft picks to replace him. So what were they saying? They they were saying that we feel set at every position except for we feel like we could get more out of that position. Right. So, you know, Jimmy, he he's good. He's not great. By the way, Baker Mayfield then um, set for one more year in Cleveland. He's going to go to get a reprieve, and he'll get to do one more year in Cleveland. And then after that, I don't know. I, I don't think Cleveland's going to keep him, but I'm not 100% sure on that. There could be surprises, right? The two teams I'm watching that could could, could pull a surprise – uh, Cleveland and Philadelphia. If Deshaun I, Watson I like, ends up in Philadelphia, yeah. I would not be shocked. I I like Kurtz. I'm not so sure why they're so quick to go ahead and move along from him. I'm I'm not so sure if, if they think they're going to win a Super Bowl with somebody else. But I'd go another year with him, Mark. You know. I mean, I I don't dislike the guy, but it's kind of like the, what the 49ers did that we were just discussing. Like, if you're good, is that good enough, or do you make the effort to be great? Like, let me ask you this, Arnie. You're running the Raiders right now. Yeah. Okay? Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert are in your division. Right. Are you riding with good, or do you need to do something to be great? Well, I don't think I'm going to get a quarterback that's going to be better than those three guys, so maybe i got to ride with good and just start getting great around him. How about that? Because I, I don't think I'm going to be able to bring in a quarterback, although, unless it was Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that, and that's not going to happen now. Well, I will make yeah. the trade for Deshaun Watson. No. I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's the name out there, but is that still enough to go ahead and get you over the hump against the uh, the Kansas City, the Chargers? I think. Are, I mean, that what, what a pickup with Khalil Mack. That's unbelievable what they're able to do. I mean, if I'm if it, now I don't know if Houston would even entertain doing it within the conference, but and I'm just throwing this out there. But if you got Carolina and New Orleans who are begging you and they want to send draft picks, and the Raiders come in and say, not only will we give you draft picks, you can also have Derek Carr. 
When you do that, because oh, Derek Carr goes to the AFC South, you could win that with Derek Carr. You can't win he, the AFC West with Derek Carr. If you have the if you have the most uh, underrated quarterbacks, Derek Carr is going to be in your top three. There's there's no doubt about that. By the way, if cold candidate calls are turning in aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. When we get back, though, Aaron Torres will stop on by. March Madness is here. Got to give it a little love. We'll go through some of the matchups, which is the first number one the fall. We'll go through some of the odds. All that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, is hiring heating up? Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a shortlist of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Mark Willard in for Chris Plank. I'm Arnie Spanier moving along on this Sunday. Let's get right to our guest. Of course, I used to do the show with him on Saturday nights for a long, long time. He's our college basketball insider, our buddy Aaron Torres. How you doing, Torres? Well, I'm all right. It's great to talk to Mark Willard. Uh, Willard, I hope you're doing well. Uh, as for your What's other up, my friend? Half, no, no real comments on, on uh, who you're co-hosting with, Willard. I'm just sorry that, you know, you, you, you know you, you've been away from Fox Sports. I don't know how many shifts you've done in the last couple of years, but you get stuck with Arnie Spanier. That's a tough reintroduction. A couple, that's all a couple of times. We did the show well, yesterday. We did it a couple of weeks ago, too. Yeah, but that, that that's a, you know how it works, Aaron. When, when you leave, you, you got to go to the back of the line. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, 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 you got sure it. You got to come back in and go to the back of the line uh, and, and and wait your turn and you work your way back up. That's the deal. There you well go. Well said, that, Willard. Well said. All right, Torres. Right off the bat, um, I didn't think there was a lot of controversy. I think it was just pretty uneventful. Yeah, maybe you could have cried for Texas A and M or somebody like that, but um, I didn't think there was a lot of complaints. And um, I, I just thought it was uh, uh, fine with what the selection committee. I know people were complaining about Tennessee uh, being what a three seed instead of a two. That's no big deal to me. But I thought the, the selection committee did a pretty decent job. Well, you should care about Tennessee being a two or a three because you know who it screws. It doesn't just screw Tennessee. It screws the Arizona Wildcats. And so what I would say is, you know, the bottom of the bracket, I I tend to agree, is I I think you could shuffle a few teams here and there. I don't think Indiana should be playing in a playing game. I don't think Wyoming should either. Michigan, if they should be in the field, probably should be in one of those spots. But I generally agree with you. But but I do think the top half of the bracket, the top part of the bracket, I really should say, that's where I think the bigger gripe is. And I think the bigger gripe in general, Arnie, isn't necessarily Tennessee, but what became clear today was that playing on on Selection Sunday had no merit. And so, you know, right. you go through through the years, and this is something Calipari complains about every year is when Kentucky's in these games, there's been big wins that, that should impact seeding, and they didn't. And this year that's the case with Tennessee. You know, Tennessee doesn't deserve to be a three-seed. It hurts the two-seed in their bracket, Villanova, the one-seed, Arizona. I thought Iowa was probably a seed line lower than they should have been. And then Texas A&M. I don't think it, it was a foregone conclusion coming into today, but it was clear that today didn't matter at all unless they won. So I think that's the bigger gripe is that it seems to be increasingly clear that playing 
on Sunday doesn't help you. So if it doesn't help you, then it really only hurts you. Uh, so that that probably, to me, Arnie, would be the biggest gripe. It's just the teams that I felt like probably should have been credited for what they did today seem to get no credit at all. Aaron, I, I don't know if uh, this is something that you can avoid, but I, I keep hearing from people, and I agree, kind of a bummer that Murray State is taking on USF. Like that, that, Those are both a couple of teams uh, that, that, that could have made some noise. They end up going against uh, one another. What, what are your thoughts there? Is that something that could have or should have been avoided? Yeah, you know, Willard, every year kind of we get that complaint is it seems like we end up with some good kind of quote-unquote mid-majors um, you know, uh, uh, you know, facing off in round one, I, you know, to me, I'm not really that upset. And, and I'll tell you why it's because Murray, I thought, you know, got an advantageous seed where there was a lot of talk that they were going to get uh, in that eight, nine game, which again, to go back to the previous question, I think hurts the number one seed more than anything else. I mean, you go back to last year, Loyola Chicago was probably misseeded in an eight, nine game. They get Illinois in the second round, Illinois, many people pricked, picked to win the, the national championship or win the region at least in whatever region they were in last year, they run into a team in Loyola that probably should have been a six or seven seed. They get bounced in round two. So to me, I, I think I understand that the people that like these mid-majors and their opportunities to make a run, having an opportunity, you know, you want to see a Murray State maybe get a, I don't know, North Carolina, somebody like that, that's that's an eight, nine, ten somewhere in there. But I think if you're Murray State, you just got to be happy that, that, you're a, that you're a seven seed. And I think in San Francisco as well is that you look at the resume, I, I thought they were deserving of, of an at-large bid. But, you know, if you're a ten seed by definition, you're probably one of the final ten or so teams in the field. I don't think there's that much to get upset about. So uh, I, I get the argument. I get the people that like the mid-majors, you know, having to face off against the big schools but in the grand scheme I, I don't know that that was like a huge frustration of mine personally after today Aaron you know I, I love the underdogs I don't have I, and I'll pick him as all the time I'll have like six seven eight underdogs going um, maybe to the uh, sweet 16 didn't have many this time around of course I jumped on my Vermont team who by the way is only a five and a half point underdog to Arkansas I think maybe they could have a little bit of a run maybe Chattanooga other than that, I don't see any you know any of these mid majors or smaller conferences that I think could make any run like that. You know, maybe St. Mary's too. Well, yeah, it's interesting, Arnie, because you know the 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 thing that I always throw out, and it kind of frustrates me, is that you know every year we kind of say like the bracket's so wide open, and like, <laughs> but history tells us that basically it's going to be a one seed that ends up winning it. I mean, I throw out the stat all the time. 11 of the last 14 champions were a one seed. Uh, one was the top two seed, and then the two others were my alma mater, UConn, with Kemba Walker one year and Shabazz Napier the other year. And so basically they had the best player in the tournament. So history says if you're not a one seed um, or have the best player in the tournament, you're not going to win the thing. But what I would say and why I bring it up as it pertains to your conversation, Arnie, is that you know, I think this is the weird year where I, I don't think there's much difference between a one seed and, say, a three seed, right? Like Baylor in right. their region, yeah, like Baylor in their region is banged up. They're not playing well. Uh, I think you can argue UCLA is a four, Kentucky is a two, Purdue is a three are playing just as well as Baylor is a one. Um, you know, we just mentioned a minute ago the Arizona situation where there are people talking Tennessee is a one seed uh, and they're a three seed in that region. Villanova is a two seed is the Big East 
champ. And so I'm only bringing that up to say is that I'm kind of with you on this one, Arnie, is, you know, could we see a random six beat a random three? Yeah. But I think we're going to see a lot of two and three seeds in that Sweet 16. Obviously, the ones have an advantageous path. And when you start talking about two and three seeds being in the Sweet 16, it means that maybe there's a first-round upset here, but it doesn't play into an 11 seed or something like that winning multiple games. Now, I think there's teams that are going to be interesting. Um, You know, Willard, I know, spent some time in San Diego. I think San Diego State, if they can get by Creighton, could cause some problems for, uh, for Kansas. I do believe also that you mentioned St. Mary's, Arnie. I think that the winner of that Indiana-Wyoming game could give them some trouble as well. But, again, it goes back to my point when there really isn't that much difference between, say, the number one team in the bracket and the number 9, 10, 11, 12 team in the bracket. It means we'll probably see a lot of chalk. And for people that are looking for that 11, 12 seed that's going to make the magic run to the Elite Eight, I, I, I really just don't see it this year. Well, speaking of 11 seeds, Aaron, you snuck a comment in a couple of minutes ago that I wanted to follow up on, and you mentioned that that Michigan, quote, if they should even be in the tournament, and I'm hearing a lot of people, when you look at their seeding, say, hey, uh, that's a team that that, that at least early, at least for one game, if not more, could make noise. They're actually favored in their opening round game, even as an 11 seed. So follow up on that with me. What's your thought on Michigan and their ability to make noise here? Well, and Willard, it's so funny because, like, what that speaks to me is, and it's funny because, like, you know, the the two, three weeks before the bracket comes out, people that, you know, I'm not, you know, whatever, like, people ask me, oh, who's who's the team that can do this? And and I always say, like, and it's an annoying thing that annoys people, but I always say, I need to see a bracket before – before I start saying this team is a Final Four or whatever. And I bring it up because let me give you a random example, and then I'll come back to Michigan. But, like, all probably the last six weeks I've been out on Auburn. Like, I just think that they're not playing well. They're, there's some fundamental issues with the team. But you look at their, their, the way that the bracket shapes up, and they can make some they can make some noise. And so it's kind of the same with Michigan. Is like if you if you had asked me at one p.m. Eastern today, I would have said I think they'll probably get in. I don't know if they deserve to be in, um, but it, it, by by technical definition, right? Is like if if I don't know if they deserve to be in, that probably means that I don't think they're going to make very much noise. But. Colorado State is a nice matchup for them. Uh, I think Colorado State is probably where they should be, but this is a matchup-based tournament, and to your point, Willard, Michigan's favored, and so that's why, and like, again, I don't want to be the annoying guy that like gives, you know, half you-know-what answers, but it's why I always laugh at the, well, who's the favorite? Who's going to win? Who's the team that nobody's talking about that can make a Final Four? It's like, well, I kind of got to see it before, and I think Michigan's a perfect example of that because, as I said a few times now, they are in the bracket. There's nothing we can do about it. We can yell and scream, but the fact remains that being in the bracket, they have kind of a nice little path uh, to maybe make a little bit of noise. Let's go Aggies, right, Torres? Let's go Aggies. Uh, Texas A&M is in. No, in, not, so not, not Texas A&M. About the New Mexico State. Yes, Aggies. I am I because they're playing. Them. They're playing your UConn Huskies, right? What are you, you're only a six and a half point favorite, tough guy. Don't be so, don't be so confident, you know. God, you win one conference title and you think you run college basketball now. It's unbelievable. Jeez, man. Um, no, I'll say I'll say this real quick on my Huskies. I love my Huskies. Um, people were very inspired by some of the success they had this year. I do think they're flawed. I, I you know, I, I like them. I like them. I'm happy with with the progression of the program. 
they go through long stretches where they don't score. I think they'll be okay with, with New Mexico State. I think they'll struggle with Arkansas, and I don't see any scenario uh, in which they would beat Gonzaga with a potential Sweet 16 yeah. matchup there. I'll so. text you after they lose to New Mexico State right away. Oh, I'm okay. sure you will. I'm, you'll leave your show the following day. I won't even be there. It's like, did you see what Torres' UConn Huskies did? It's like they, oh, they got eliminated it. three days ago. What are we talking? Tom Brady will re-retire, and you'll still lead with UConn yeah. losing in the tournament. Exactly. I know how you are. Exactly. Aaron Torres, everybody work with him on Saturday nights. Torres, have a great week. I know this is your Super Bowl, so enjoy the games. I'll catch up with you later on, buddy. All right, fellas. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you guys for having me. All right, thanks a lot. Aaron Torres, check him out on Saturday nights. We're going to come back. I want to touch on a few things he brought up about March Madness. I have a few other topics to get to also, but first, let's see what's trending. We bring in the Sager final time of the night. What's going on, the Sager? You know, if you look at the bracket in the South region, there is a chance, at least, that the Sweet 16 games will be back-to-back Michigan against Ohio State and Arizona against Illinois. Not that Arizona has any history against Illinois in the tournament. I, I want them so bad after what they did for us. I, we were going to go to the Final Four in St. Louis. Uh, we were up by 15 points. My, my wife walks in and goes, oh, my God, you're kicking their ass. You're going to meet all your fraternity brothers in St. Louis. And from that moment on, I don't think we scored another point, and we lost to them. I, I, it was the worst loss of my life. Yeah. Michigan, by the way, seated 11th this year. It has a first-rounder to start the Thursday schedule. That's the noon Eastern time or so start against Colorado State. And the Big Ten has nine teams in the field. Of course, that's the same number as last season when that conference only moved one team into the second weekend. More college hoops in a moment, but quarterback Tom Brady did unretire tonight. He will return mm. to the Tampa Bay Bucks to play this year. His Pro Bowl center, Ryan Jensen, then re-signed tonight. The Vikings gave quarterback Kirk Cousins a one-year extension. Arizona re-signed tight end Zach Ertz. Dallas re-signed wide receiver Michael Gallup. This Wednesday, NFL free agency starts. That's when the league year begins, and that's when the recent trades become official. As for college hoops, Gonzaga is the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Arizona's a one seed, but in the South region with Villanova as the two seed there. Kansas is the number one seed in the Midwest with Auburn the two seed there. Baylor is the number one seed in the East region with Kentucky the two seed in the East. Iowa today won the Big Ten title while Richmond took the Atlantic Ten. Iowa's first-round NCAA game is against Richmond on Thursday afternoon. Tennessee won the SEC tournament today. The Vols will open Thursday afternoon against Longwood. Houston won the American Conference and now travels to Pittsburgh for a Friday first-rounder against UAB. That winner would face the Illinois-Chattanooga winner. Yale took the Ivy League. It'll play against Purdue on Friday. That winner will face the Texas-Virginia Tech winner in Milwaukee. And Wisconsin is playing in Milwaukee this week, opening Friday against Colgate. With a win, Wisconsin would face the LSU-Iowa State winner in the second round. Keep in mind, LSU has an interim coach after they fired theirs yesterday when the NCAA violations came out officially. Georgia is going to pay the buyout of Mike White. Uh, He's going from Florida to the Georgia Bulldogs as new coach, and the Gators are into the NIT. They'll be hosting Iona with an interim coach. And, yes, Vermont plays in Buffalo late Thursday night. There you go. A first-rounder against Arkansas. That winner will face the UConn-New Mexico State winner on Saturday. Teams that just made it in include number 12 seeds Wyoming and Indiana. They'll meet in the first four. 
Rutgers and Notre Dame were the other last two at-large teams in. That play-in winner will then face Alabama this week. And the first four out, the teams that just missed the NCAAs, those are each one seeds in the NIT, including Dayton, which can't play at home this week. Virginia is unseeded in the NIT, but opening at home against Mississippi State, apparently there was a problem with the arena. Vanderbilt has a first-round NIT game hosting Belmont. This is notable because they're both not only from Nashville, Tennessee, they're almost next door to each other. Yes, exactly. And they're playing each other NIT first round. The CBI tournament will take place over five days in Daytona Beach. 16 teams starting this coming weekend. Drake is the one seed in the CBI. There's also the Basketball Classic, formerly the CIT tournament, that's due to have 32 teams. The NASCAR winner at Phoenix, which Chase Briscoe, his first Cup Series victory. NASCAR will be back on Fox TV next Sunday from Atlanta. In golf, the leaders are about halfway through the third round at the Players' Championship after rain this week in Florida. They expect to finish the tournament tomorrow. In basketball, Kevin Durant, 53 points in Brooklyn's win over New York, 110-107, and Durant had nine assists as well. Philadelphia won in overtime at Orlando. At Atlanta, Trey Young, 47 points in a narrow win against Indiana. Memphis and Phoenix each won. The Phoenix Suns' victory against the Lakers was 140-111. to The Lakers have lost 10 straight on the road. Lakers were down after the first quarter, 48 to 22 and the Lakers win-loss record continues to be embarrassing 29 and 38 finally the baseball news is spring training games start this Thursday players had to report to camp by today the Washington Nationals get DH Nelson Cruz one-year deal plus an option the twins traded third baseman Josh Donaldson and two others to the Yankees for catcher Gary Sanchez and infielder Gio Urshela Minnesota acquired pitcher Sonny Gray from the Reds and Arizona gets pitcher Ian Kennedy back to you Thanks a lot to Sager. Of course, uh, Mark Willard in for Chris Blank and Marnie Spanier. By the way, Willard, uh, you heard the Sager say Suns win it 140-111. Anything you want to say about the Lakers? By the way, the Suns could have put up 150. It was like the, it was like the Lakers. I thought they were playing the Western All-Stars or something like that. I mean, the, it, was, the, it was embarrassing. The Suns had 48 points at the, the end of the first quarter. <laughs> they were almost on pace for two bills. Yeah, the Lakers, um, you know, I, I know that people, uh, when they see stuff like this, they start to talk about things that are emotional. The Lakers have given up. They've given up. I wish people would understand they just weren't that good to begin with. This is, this is a misguided process that brought this group together. It's not to say that LeBron's not still great. Wait, of course I, I, he is. I, 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 excuse me. My, my headphones gave out. When you yeah. said they weren't good enough to begin with, you mean they weren't they good weren't. enough to begin with? When they won the championship two years ago, right? No, no. Well, first of all, very, very different team. Very, very different team. And uh, Anthony Davis hurt for a good portion of this year. That's a big part of it, yeah. That's a big part of it. But outside of that, like because this team thought they had depth when they brought in Russell Westbrook, I just wish people would start removing the names from their thought process because that's all they are at this point. This is history. Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, even LeBron, who's still great, but they all are lesser versions of who they used to be. Westbrook still gives you 18, 19 points a game, gives you, what, uh, seven rebounds? And and 20 turnovers. I mean, he's been awful. four turnovers. Yeah, okay, it's not the best. Ask any Laker fan who's watched this team for more than a second this year. The Russell Westbrook thing has flat out not worked. It's been more annoying than anything else. It's led to weird press conferences, a weird relationship. He's just, his way doesn't work. It hasn't worked anywhere 
where he's ever been. He's a good basketball player, but it's just, it's not winning basketball. And he doesn't have it anymore. So uh, this team went after names instead of fits. And, and this is what you get, you know, when Anthony Davis misses too much time, you get a team that is now full nine games under 500 uh-huh. and is barely hanging on to even being in the play-in tournament. They made a, I don't think they'll get in if Portland, I mean, they're only, what, two and a half ahead of Portland. They're th- yeah, they're t- I mean, Portland obviously has nothing going on right now, right, so right. they'll probably get in, but they're probably not going to get out. And if they do, that might be the worst thing for them. Because if this team goes and plays Phoenix or Memphis, Memphis in the playoffs, that's a sweep. It, right. It's an embarrassing blowout sweep. All right, we got to get to some predictions, some picks coming up, um, stories we haven't got to. All that's coming up next. Final segment of the show right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hiring heating up, Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Mark Willer, tell everybody where they can hear you Monday through Friday up there in San Francisco. Well, that would be on Fox Affiliate, of course. 95-7 the game, home of the Golden State Warriors. 9 to noon, weekdays. Pacific time, though. Pacific, Pacific time, yes. So Is there any other time, Arnie? No, no, honestly. there isn't. Is there no, what what, there what isn't. is it? Is it 2 in the morning where <laughs> you are way, or something are like you that talking, right now? Are you talking about what Gus Johnson had to say about uh, Steph Curry? He said that Steph I'm sure you've heard this a million times before, that Steph Curry is terrible for basketball and it's just yeah. killing the game. So Ruining I was a little surprised I mean, about that. Listen, yeah, it is the it is the 10,000th time I've heard it. <laughs> and, and if you do go to a youth basketball game, uh, especially around these parts, yeah, people are pulling up from a little bit too far away. I I, I get that. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's such an old take, number one. Right, and right. number two. Yeah. Well, it was from I Gus mean, Johnson. I thought that was yeah, kind of Yeah, but it's like, yeah. what, are you, what, what, are, yeah. what are we going to do about this? The guy, the guy, did he ruin the game? He changed the game. Yes, exactly. Um, he, he has brought something that works on television and in person unlike anything we've ever seen in the NBA before. I'm not saying it's the most eye-popping thing, but it's different than anything we've ever seen in the NBA before. And my gosh, it works. Like, it is, it is mesmerizing. Um, if that's bad for entertainment, then I'm missing something. All right, let's get. A f- I, I, I'm, I'm missing something. I had a so. few predictions in uh, with Tom Brady coming back. I had Tampa going ten and seven, uh, especially with their murderous schedule. The Sager read it off. It is just brutal out there. Uh, ten and seven sounds about right. They probably get into the playoffs with that type of record, but I don't know if they go any better than ten and seven next year. Hard to believe that Tom Brady wouldn't make the playoffs. It's a playoff team, but again, right. we don't even know who is Deshaun Watson in his division for those two games. Right, is he a right. Saint? Is he a Panther? Um, I, I I don't know. The Falcons aren't aren't all that scary at this moment. They're still clearly the class of their division, so I would still predict them to win the NFC South. But I'm with you. Uh, I, I would not expect them to be like the the one or the two seed in the NFC. I, I'm wondering what kind of weapons they're going to put around Tom Brady or who they're going to get in free agency. I still think they could benefit themselves by obviously getting themselves more running game. I don't know what Fournette or Ronald Jones is going to do for them. I think they need a a big-time running back out there. But um, do they go and get a big-time free agent? 
or, or they just go with what they have out there? Well, I mean, they, they franchise Chris Godwin. I don't even know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season after a late leg injury there. Right, right. They still have Evans. It feels to me like their receiving core is fine. And Tom is Gronk Brady, coming back? I don't, I don't think. Pro- I, yeah. Sounds like a no, at least not there. I, right. I, I mean, it do- doesn't sound like it. Um, but I'm with you. They, they could use something a little bit more. Uh, devastating at the running back position, but they've they've addressed their offensive line in recent years in the draft. They've done a really good job there. Brady, remember, he used to win Super Bowls with nobody at wide receiver. So, um, you know, maybe maybe I, I like you look to the defense a little bit more, look for a more a, a little bit more of a devastating pass rush in a running game. But they've they've got enough. They they've they've got everything they need. They just need to apparently get along, Arnie. You know, for you people out there for March Madness, just in case you're interested, I have my bracket done. I know Willard's got to go through his. Um, I have. I only do it because I'm on Sunday night, so I have Gonzaga coming out of the West, Purdue coming out of the East, my Arizona Wildcats coming out of the South, and Kansas coming out of the Midwest. Nothing shocking there. I think you have two number threes and two number ones. I have Gonzaga and Arizona. When of course my Wildcats no, you winning got, the whole you got thing. Three ones, didn't you say? You got Kansas also, right? Yeah, you got Kansas, you got three ones three and a ones. three. Yeah, three ones and a three. Three so, ones and a three. I'm yeah. gonna uh, listen. I get that the ones are good, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a little bit less chalk than that. Okay. I think Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga's a smart play. Right. I think Arizona's likely. Right. I don't think I don't think Baylor makes it, and I don't no. think Kansas makes it. Yeah, Kansas could get tripped up. It could be in Iowa, maybe in the Sweet Sixteen. Got a hard uh, road. Yeah. Oh, well, they got Wisconsin if they want to go. If Wisconsin makes it that far, I think Wisconsin's a little bit of a sleeper. If you can call them a sleeper um, at their seat, I want to thank Mark Willard though. Mark, last couple days, couple weeks ago, we filled in for Joy Taylor. So, um, you know. I'm glad uh, you're around filling in, my friend. My, my man, always fun. I appreciate you having me and let me uh, let me bark at you for a few hours. It's anytime, fun. anytime. Thanks to Ramos, Danny G, DeSager. Uh, of course, Big Ben Mallers coming up next. So enjoy him right here on Fox Sports Radio.